I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Great album, Bad Out of Hell. Play this, Justin. We lost Meatloaf. He died last night. Meatloaf, two out of three. Ain't bad. Seventy-four years old, Meatloaf died last night. In fact, MSNBC, those animals, Joe and Mika, starting their show this morning, talking about Meatloaf, and we're going to play Meatloaf all day. If you've got a favorite Meatloaf song, feel free to send it to me. Of course, Paradise by the Dashboard Light has been a classic for a very long time, going back to the uh, the Phil Rizzuto days. Uh, Gabby Lopez, who does a tremendous job, not a good job, a tremendous job with the TV portion of this radio show at WABCRadio.tv, telling me moments ago that we are back on YouTube. We were off uh, for about a week or so, so you can watch us, WABCRadio.tv and YouTube. Stream this show in any city, in any country around the world at WABC Radio. Download the 77 WABC app. That's the 77 WABC app. And uh, you can uh, listen and watch us and all that good stuff. It is a Friday morning. It's been a long week, folks. <laughs> I got to tell you, I posted a picture yesterday in the cab going home from work. Why am I hearing myself? Uh, is, uh, is one of these TVs on? Is this live chat? I'm actually hearing myself and watching myself. Is the volume on in here? Can you check this, check this Justin? Um, yeah. In one of these two, either the big TV it. there or this little one here where I'm actually reading the comments. It's a little one, right, Christina? I'm hearing my voice, and uh, it's annoying. I have to imagine it's really annoying for the folks out there. 
<laughs> so uh, get somebody in here and shut the volume off. I, I went. Uh, I was in the cab yesterday, coming home from work, and I was half asleep, and I took a picture. I looked very handsome, I must say, in my blue Joseph Abood long coat and my jacket and all that. It was a great picture. But um, the caption that I put under the picture was, closing my eyes, long week, and praying for my guy Bernard. It's been a very long week. Remember, folks, it started Monday with MLK Day, and Bernie wasn't here. And I had to leave early on Monday to go to my friend's funeral. When I say my friends, three of them. Once again, Al Prieto, 57 years old, Danielle Prieto, 53 years old, and their beautiful son, Antonio Prieto, 16 years old, all died uh, in this this crash in Florida a couple of weeks ago. So I had the funeral on Monday. Then Bernie was back here on Tuesday, but it was a scary um, day because I've been, been with Bernie for the better part of 25 years, and I never heard him look and sound that week. You want to be honest about this? You want to you want to be uh, you want to lie? It was it was scary. His daughter was here, Mel, his beautiful wife Carol, and they took him to Sloan Kettering to start receiving. Well, to get his test results, and I guess the results came back and they weren't great. So he spent Wednesday and Thursday receiving chemotherapy. Uh, yesterday uh, was his last day of round one, and he's going to go back every month, every month for chemo. So I. Um, put this picture up yesterday on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. The show's Instagram is at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid. And, of course, the station has a great Instagram at 77 WABC Radio, at 77 WABC Radio. But when I put my stuff up on my page, it automatically goes to my Facebook page, too, Sid Rosenberg. And um, throughout the day and the night and even 10 minutes ago, the comments – coming in from everybody are um, really overwhelming uh, about Bernie, my, my buddy, my friend, my partner for a long time. I love him dearly. And the comments are beautiful. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I do appreciate a lot of you that, that say things like, I got to tell you, Bernie's not here, but man, you've done a great job this week. These shows are great this week. Thank you, Sid. You're the best. Bah, bah, bah. I enjoy that too. But um, the uh, the comments about Bernie is what really uh, moved me the last couple of uh, hours, uh, dating uh, back to late last night and early this morning, and they continue to come in. Bernie will be back on Monday. I don't think he's going to be here. I think at least for a little while he'll be doing the show from his house. But he did text me last night. This one came in at 10.32 p.m. I had sent him a text earlier in the day at 4.33 p.m. took him about six hours to get back to me. But at 10.32 p.m. last night, he said, Sid, please thank the people for the messages, etc. But I literally did could not write back. I didn't write back. I couldn't write back. Very, very tired. Love you, my bro, to hearts. He's great with that. The fight is on. The fight is on. So um, it's a fight. Again, chemotherapy, remission shots, rest. It's a fight. It's, uh, this is <laughs> above and beyond the fight that we had fear at the pier dating back 19 years in October. This is a real fight. This is a real fight. So I know I keep doing this. He'll be back tomorrow. He'll be back in two days, and he's not back. He's only worked two days in the last two and a half weeks. But I really do think he'll be back on Monday, and we'll take it from there. But he is really appreciative, really appreciative of all the love and the concern and uh, all the texts and all the messages on social media that you guys are sending to me mostly 
because truth be told, he's been very, very tired. The chemo, the test, he does not have time to, to really read and answer. He doesn't do that anyway. That's not what Bernie does. Uh, I do. So I, I pass along most of the messages, not just from our friends, the Bo Deedles, the Ron and Sanders who called me last night and others. You folks out there as well, I do pass them along. And he appreciates it very, very much. So that was his message to me last night. And hopefully, again, he'll be back on Monday. Now, I do have something here in front of me. It's a live chat host terminal. So I'm watching myself on television, and I can actually see people who are in the chat room writing things uh, about the show, like this moron. I hope Sid doesn't start the show talking about how good he is. Well, what do you want me to tell you? I'm great. I'm not good. I'm great. Okay, so there you have it. So keep listening. That go- I'm not going to read these all day, but... This is the type of stuff I'm talking about. I start the show talking about Bernard and his cancer fight, and you got some moron out there who just can't stand the fact that I'm better than he is, and he has to start with a text like that. Yes, I am better. I'm better looking. I'm smarter. I make more money. My wife is prettier. My kids are better looking. So that's just the way it's going to be. You can wake up happy for what you've got or be jealous of me. That's up to you. The rest of you, you're great. Patricia P., uh, welcome back. Uh, I, I can't even see these. I, I have to get my uh, my glasses. Kathy, hoping to see Bernie back on Monday. There's a bunch of you. I'll get to, to, read, to read to these uh, later in the show. Maybe somebody else can read these because I can't see. Maybe Christina. Do you, you wear can... glasses? You know, I never wore glasses in my whole life, but I'm coming to the realization. Look, I've got hearing aids, right? So I'm old. I'm, who am I kidding? doesn't matter how I look. I'm old. So I've got hearing aids, and now glasses are moments away. So maybe uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, Christina, you can read these and uh, get everybody in there. Hi, Sid Hartz. Uh, hi, Sid from Toronto. Love the show. See, everybody, for the most part, saying very nice things about me and Bernie, and then you get this one asshole who can't help himself. Did I just, you can say that. That's a li- it's legal. You Why cannot can- say that. Yes, you can. It's oh, not you one cannot. Of, uh, of course you can. It is not one of these seven FCC words. 1,000%. You can th- use the... Um, Synonym for anus, yeah, 1,000%. On I don't care what, 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 what uh, other people say. Or I'm telling you, it's 100% you can say it. It's not one of these seven FCC words. Do your homework and go look up the seven FCC words that you cannot say, and that word is not on there. All right. I, I promise you that. So why don't you use it more often? I've used it a couple of times. I haven't gotten into trouble. But, don't you think um, it's better to be safe than sorry? No. If you, if you go about your career, better to be safe than sorry then uh, Tucker Carlson's not talking about you at 8 o'clock last night. Let's put it that way. That guy doesn't go through his career worrying about being more safe than sorry, and he makes billions and billions of dollars and has Tucker Carlson talking about him late at night. So if you want to be safer than sorry, you'll have the same job for about 40 years. You'll make a decent income, and you'll never be the star that you want to be, Mike. There's your lesson for this morning. All right, lesson lesson learned. Okay. In fact, while, we, while we're talking about that guy from last night, Tucker Carlson was talking about Howard Stern. You guys know I still love Howard. I listen whenever I can. I go back and listen to his show when he has great interviews. I don't listen live because I do listen to John. If I'm listening to radio at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, catch at night. But I'm still a Stern fan. Bernie hates him, calls him Coward Stern, all that stuff. That's fine. Bernie has history with him going, going back to the NBC days in the 1970s. But um, he's vicious, Howard. And when he talks politics, he sounds like an idiot. He's stupid. And when he talks about uh, vaccinations, he sounds even worse. That's not the Howard Stern that I enjoy. I enjoy the Howard that still does the best interview in the business. Follow closely by me. And the Howard. And the Howard that uh, is funny. And that guy does exist every day. But 
when he gets to that hateful place, he does become unlistenable. And because of that, Tucker Carlson, who I love, I think Tucker right now, now that Bill O'Reilly is gone, is the best talent on television. He is the best. Tucker Carlson took Howard Stern apart last night, and it sounded like this. Howard Stern, by any measure, is one of the great radio hosts of all time. He makes a huge amount of money for doing what he does, but there's a reason for it. He was incredibly brave and creative. Vulgar, yes, but truly talented, but above all, courageous. Stern defended free speech. He was fired for it repeatedly. He used his platform to fight government censorship, to give the finger to the man. There was a lot that was impressive about Howard Stern, for sure, and that bravery allowed him to be creative, but not anymore. Maybe it was the coronavirus that broke him. Maybe it was hormonal changes with the middle age. He's now a coward. And his broadcast is about cowardice. Amplifying his fears about corona over the air. And attacking, more precisely, attacking anybody else who has decided to live life as a free person. When are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. I want to get out of the house already. I, I want to go next door and play chess. I want to go take some pictures. This is bull****. <laughs> so this is a guy who's had every vax available, and he's still hiding in his basement because the vaccine works so well that he can't go out. Right. So when other people disagree, when... All right, thank you for that. Tucker goes on for about two minutes, and yes, he has been very cowardly in that respect. He's in the Hamptons. He's never coming back to New York City. He barely goes outside. He goes to the doctor. He may grab a night out for dinner with Beth on a Friday. I don't know. But, um, you know, look, when it comes to the unvaccinated, when it comes to the politics, he deserves to get smashed in the face. So I'm okay with Tucker doing that, but I'm still a fan. You know, Joe Biden spent all day yesterday trying to clean up the mess that he caused with that ridiculous press conference on Wednesday, when, in fact, he basically basically gave Putin and Russia the green light to go into the Ukraine and do what they want. He thought he was being intimidating, and, and I didn't get it. In fact, uh, that was the only place where me and Bill O'Reilly disagreed. Bill last night talked about me and our little interview on the show, on his show last night. We'll get to that. Bill thought he was okay with Russia. I thought he was pathetic. I thought he was weak. And uh, Putin's got to be sitting at his house there in in, uh, Russia just laughing at Joe Biden. And I think that Biden got the message late yesterday that I'm probably right and that his message was weak and pathetic. He tried to clean it up yesterday, the whole Russia thing. This is Biden won, and it didn't work. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. But it will be met with severe and coordinated economic response that I've discussed in detail with our allies, as well as laid out very clearly for President Putin. Okay, so there you have it. He claims he pointed it out very clear, very, very clear. So this you don't see very often, maybe never. Jen Psaki was on Fox News last night. It's one thing to get Donald Trump on Sean Hannity. We've got the audio. Jen Psaki was on Fox News last night, and she tried to clean up the mess. Here's what it sounded like. So I'm curious if he will continue to say that those 2022 elections will be illegitimate. Well, first, I've talked to the president a lot about this, and he absolutely is not predicting uh, that the 2022 elections would be illegitimate. The point he was raising was both. No, I want Russia stuff. This is election stuff. So this is this is the wrong one. Did she talk about uh, the Russia stuff last night, Saki? No, right? Yeah, she's okay. talking about foreign leaders having respect for Biden. Well, play that Biden. then. Play that. When he has traveled around the world or engaged with foreign leaders, 
Um, they are relieved that a respect for democracy, respect for alliances is back. Uh, they are worried about how long, uh, and that is how afraid uh, the last president left those relationships. But rebuilding that and re- rebuilding that trust is a big basis of what he's proud of. Luke just called you stupid, just so you know, Alec. He actually said, and I quote, boy, he's stupid. Well, I mean, you know, listen, if my host would call out the right number, then maybe we would uh, be rocking and rolling. You need me to call out the right number? You're not smart enough to look at the cuts that you cut up, not me? You cut these up, you don't know which one talks about Russia and which one talks about the elections? I'm not saying you're stupid. I mean, I think Luke is out of line. But in that particular case, that was very stupid, yes. And uh, finally, number 11, Kamala Harris, the vice president. Is that what she is? I guess she is that, right? Yeah. She talked about this, too, yesterday. Here's what she sounded like. Ukrainian officials uh, reportedly heard these words from President Biden with alarm. I know the White House tried to clarify it uh, and clean it up afterwards, but was the damage done? You can't unring the bell. Is Vladimir Putin likely to listen to a later statement from the White House press secretary or the words of President Biden? I will repeat myself. And I'm vice president of the United States, and the president and I work closely together, and I know his position because he has been consistent in that regard. I mean, come on. If Vladimir Putin and Russia takes aggressive action, it will be met with a cost that will be severe. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. Those are our leaders. Not we're going to find your wives, your children. We're going to kill them and set the whole village on fire when we get him, there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost when I go up for dinner tonight. It's going to cost me a couple of bucks when I buy bagels with lox bread for breakfast in about an hour. What do you mean there's going to be a cost? You kill somebody. Kill everybody. That'll send a message, no, Justin? Oh, yeah. All right, we got such a, an unbelievable show today. I mean, what a guest list, starting at 725 with the best men's fashion designer in the world. He's great on the radio, my dear friend Joseph Aboud. Then coming up at 805, famed defense attorney, Christina's friend, Joe Tacopina. He's got a lot to discuss between this ridiculous Letitia James case against Donald Trump and uh, the other cases out there that are getting all kinds of attention. Joe Tacopina, 805. Then opening up a can of whoop-ass on Joe Biden. Nobody does it better. She's on 11 a.m. every Sunday morning here on ABC. The great Judge Janine Pirro stopping by at 840. Then... At 9.25 this morning, with four huge NFL playoff games coming up this weekend, the road to 56, Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, all-time New York football Giants great, and now the star on the NFL today on CBS, Phil Simms. And as if that's not enough, coming up late in the show, this lady is a riot when she comes on with me. She's on uh, Sundays, I think. Maybe Saturdays. I forget. Sundays. Sundays. Thank you. The very funny Cindy Adams. So you get Joseph Aboud, Joe Tacopina, Judge Janine, Phil Sims, and Cindy Adams all on this Friday edition of Bernie and Sid. We'll take a short break. Come right back. The whole crew is here. We've got a great show for you. Keep it right here. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. At 5, it's Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC.
Bill O'Reilly mentioned this song yesterday, talking about Joe Biden out of touch here by Holden Oates. He said this should be the theme song for Joe Biden and the White House administration. Once again, Holden Oates out of touch. Back here in the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Bernie back on Monday, but what a show we've got for you today. Joseph Aboud, uh, defense attorney Joseph Takapina, the great judge herself, Judge Janine, Cindy Adams, and the NFL great NFL Today star Phil Sims all stopping by today. Last night, after that brutal press conference by Joe Biden, which we documented, I thought, very well yesterday, but sound from just about everyone, last night Donald Trump was back at it. We played cuts from Trump Two nights ago, the day of the press conference, he was on with Mark Levin, and he was uh, really, really, really good. Uh, last night, he was on with Sean Hannity, and how do I know that? But the lovely uh, Pastina Christina, one of our uh, new crew members, actually told me about it, and Justin caught up a bunch of sound from it. Uh, Christina never misses an opportunity to uh, catch Donald Trump. In fact, we had uh, a story on my Instagram yesterday from Frankie Diaz with an E that described uh, Christina pleasuring herself when, in fact, Donald Trump is on TV. That was a bit much. I know it's only 6.28 in the morning, but it's probably true. Is that true? Okay, listen. I mean, <laughs> now, now we're getting a little crazy. I mean. Close, close. Close. Yeah. What did you, you see last night? He was on Hannity. How'd that go? So he was on Hannity last night, my Don. And it was past my, my <laughs> it was past my bedtime, but I really, you know, I was I was muscling through to keep my eyes open for my boy, and he was, you know, I mean, he must have so much satisfaction seeing what's going on. Although he did say, you know, I do I do hope Biden does well. I love this country. He actually said that he did say that. See, he Biden said- would never say something like that. There was one time where Biden gave the quote unquote prior administration. He never mentioned Donald Trump's name. He, quote-unquote, the prior administration gave him some credit for getting the vaccines. That's about as, as far as, as he would go. But Trump, a much bigger man, actually said that last night, huh? Yeah, Trump said, you know, I hope he does well. But listen, I'm, I'm concerned. It doesn't look like it's, it's going well. The country is in a very different place than it was uh, a year ago plus when we were energy independent and our border wasn't such a mess and inflation uh, was not what it is now. And, you know, he just voiced his concerns. He also thinks President Biden is a little bit confused on a lot of things. And he thinks he's pushing us into a war with Russia over right. Ukraine. He's right about that. We uh, That's going to happen. And it doesn't matter what uh, Biden said yesterday. It doesn't matter what Saki said yesterday or Harris, for that matter. Uh, Uncle D says here on the chat, Sid digging that outfit this morning. Dude, you are the man. And some uh, jackass named Chris said that was the most obnoxious and insulting opening segment I've ever heard. Now, how was that possible? You want to tell me it was obnoxious? I, I read Bernie's text message from last night, talked about Bernie's fight with cancer. What was obnoxious? The actual nine seconds where I called out some douchebag that felt the need to, to rip me first thing in the morning? Nine seconds of an 18-minute open, and that was the most obnoxious segment you've ever heard, Chris? So what I'm going to do now today is, after the show is over, I'm going to sit with Gabby and just start deleting people that are stupid. I have no, I have no patience for stupidity. I have none. This none. is this is going to be very good for you. Yeah, it's going to be you, great you, for you and your sanity. And, and your, <laughs> yeah, and your uh, you know, you know what? I, it's yeah. all shtick. I couldn't care less. Right. I'm a major. I just got my fourth movie offered, and Christina was here to see it just now. 
Amazing. Lex Luthor in a new Superman movie. You saw it, right? I'm not kidding. I did. You. And yes. are, are you not allowed to defend yourself no, I anymore? Don't care. I don't care. It's like Trump. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're not great and if you're not um, at least at the very least a lightning rod, then they don't care. And I never want to be that. So I'd rather you love me or you hate me. If you just kind of like me, that ain't no fun. These are inferior beings. That's what they are. But uh, what, now let me hear some of that Trump from last night. Trump was talking specifically about January 6th. Is that right? Yeah, he spoke a little January 6th, and then he uh, he did backtrack to the uh, press conference a couple days ago. Well, let's do that. Uh, thank you, Christina, by the way, for A, watching that, and B, alerting us about that this morning. Let's go to his comments on the press conference. I think he actually kind of says, I'm the man, and this guy is really epping things up. Here's our guy, Donald Trump, last night with Sean Hannity, courtesy of Fox News. Nobody is respecting our country anymore. It's like it's like day and night from what we had. We were respected. I don't want to say we were feared, but we can say it. But we were respected at a minimum. And I'll tell you what, uh, they knew that we weren't playing games. And none of these things would have happened. You wouldn't have had inflation. You wouldn't have had Ukraine problems with Russia. It was all working out. Everything was fine. I got along well with them, and they understood me. I understood them. You're going to have big problems with Taiwan. You're going to have problems with many things. This is all self-inflicted stuff. And if you really look at energy, I think the biggest component of what's happened with respect to inflation is energy. And we were energy independent. We didn't need anybody. In fact, we were exporting energy, making a fortune. We were going to be double the size of Russia and China. We're going to be double their size. We weren't number one. We were number one when I left and we were heading in a year. We were going to be bigger than both of them combined. And that's something nobody ever thought would have been possible. You know, and instead, we gave up the mantle, and, and we look like a bunch of very sad fools. There he is, President Donald Trump. And uh, if God is good to us, and usually God is, he'll be right back where he was in 2020, in 2024. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Here's my guy, James Golden. Your fave. Bo Snurdly. Still hasn't called me yet. Weekdays at 4 p.m., Saturdays at 8 a.m. Here, Bo talks about New York prosecutors' political vengeance against the family of Donald Trump. You know, you look at these federal prosecutors, and then you look at some of these prosecutors. You look at New York's AG, who seems to be all about, in my opinion, vengeance against President Trump and his family, political vengeance, and nothing to do with really the mission of protecting the people of New York City. And now you look at Baltimore, it's like, wow, who are these women? That's Bo Snurdly. Catch him every weekday right before the great show, Catch at Night with John Katsimatidis at 4 p.m. And, of course, as I said, Saturdays at 8 a.m. Time at 6.34 on this festive Friday for our first look at traffic. This is day three but again, and I'll stop counting the days after today. Maybe we'll do it one more time when Bernie gets back on Monday. <laughs> I would hope so. But, man, you are good. Luke Lograno, what's going on out there on the roads, buddy? Well, Sid, looking good inbound at both levels of the GW and at the Holland and Lincoln Tunnels. In Long Island, the left lane is blocked on the Southern State Parkway at Eagle Avenue. Delays go all the way back to the Meadowbrook Parkway. Speaking of, they're still working on the Meadowbrook northbound at Exit 1. The exit ramp is still blocked off. Over to Brooklyn, no improvement on the Gowanus Expressway. Major delays from the canal all the way to Cadman Plaza. And in New Jersey, the incident has been cleared at Route 17. Still has some lingering delays, but all lanes are finally open. Northbound AC and E-trains have been rerouted. Check your local listings for changes. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. With traffic, I'm Luke Legrano for Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. All righty. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Not Sid, but Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a deal near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Just one basketball game yesterday, and that was at MSG between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Knicks. Not a fun night for the Knicks, as they had another rough night in front of the home crowd, losing 102-91 to to another inferior opponent. They'll try and bounce back on Sunday when they welcome the Los Angeles Clippers into town. As for the Nets, they'll be in action tonight in San Antonio against the Spurs. That tip is set for 8.30 p.m. Eastern. No hockey in town last night, but Rangers and Islanders fans will get their fix this evening. The Rags are down in Carolina to skate with the Hurricanes, Hurricanes Excuse me, at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. And the Islanders have the Arizona Coyotes at home in Long Island a half an hour later at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. As for Devils fans, you'll have to wait until tomorrow night when the aforementioned Hurricanes make a showing in Newark at 7 p.m. Eastern. The NFL playoffs move into the divisional round this weekend with four great games slated over the next two days. Starting tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, you've got the Cincinnati Bengals in Tennessee to bang heads with the Titans, followed by an 8.15 p.m. Eastern time date between the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco 49ers in Green Bay. Looking ahead to Sunday, the Los Angeles Rams will try their luck against the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and later on that evening, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs will square off at 6.30 p.m. Eastern in Kansas City. As for my picks, I've got Bengals over Titans, Packers over Niners, Rams over Bucks, and Bills over Chiefs. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Again, sponsored by Peerless Spoilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Eaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. At 5, it's Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. headphones blow too so whatever mike could you get me a pair of headphones that works i just threw them in the garbage it is uh i swear to god i did sick frankie diaz he'll give it a shot frankie diaz is all over this chat <laughs> calling me handsome saying that if i'm going to be lex luther then uh then frank Morano needs to be superman so he's getting all these folks riled up on this live chat so when you watch this radio show because we are simulcast every day now at wabcradio.tv it's a lot of fun wabcradio.tv on youtube as well 
the uh, folks who are watching are chatting. They're sitting around, and I like that. I think it's kind of cool. And most of you are very, very nice, saying beautiful things about me and Christina and Justin, the whole crew. Some lady's upset. She's like, Sid, be nicer to you guys. It's all shtick, folks. Calm down. I mean, come on. Have they never listened to Howard Stern or Don Imus or anybody before? I don't understand. They care about me. And yeah. my, and my well, well-being. i got to plug these in so I can hear exactly what you said there, Justin. But um, anyway, Frankie's in there getting these folks all riled up. And, uh, well, you shouldn't do that, Frank. It's not very nice. <laughs> we got a great show for you today, folks. A ton of really, really good guests. This is maybe the best guests we've had in a long time. Joseph Abu, Joseph Takapina, Judge Janine, Phil Sims, Cindy Adams, all set to stop by today. And then Monday, Bernie will be back. I did read you his text at the very start of today's show. I read it a couple of times today. And he is thanking all of you. He is thanking all of you for the really nice messages that you send to me, and I've got a ton of them, and you sent to him as well. He's really appreciative, and he wants to send along his thanks. He is not going to answer. He doesn't do that anyway, to be honest, but now especially he's really tired. So he wants to thank all of you for the love, and uh, we'll get Bernie back on the air on Monday. Now, Eric Adams is a guy that uh, I go after pretty hard every day, and we know why. He refused to come on this show during his campaign. His people reached out to me almost every day. Eric Ulrich, who used to be a really good friend of mine, really good friend, the councilman out of Queens. We've enjoyed uh, slices of pizza together in Howard Beach at Anthony Lavreri's place, Aldo's. And uh, he just all of a sudden disappeared, put up the face of the map, because he would call me and go, Eric is going to come on, and then Eric would never come on. And then eventually, after about six months of that nonsense, Ulrich blamed his people. He said, listen, they're, um, you know, they're liberals, and they know how you are, and Bernie's even worse, and ba 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 ba. So, long story short, Eric Adams never came on the show. And uh, I'd be lying if I said to you that didn't bother me. I mean, you can't allow me or Bernie or any, any radio host, for that matter, get to you. You're, you're running for mayor of New York City. We've got more problems here than any major city in the world. We've gone from the best city in the world to basically, basically Cleveland at its worst time, Detroit at its worst time. If you're Eric Adams, you cannot worry. You cannot worry about what Sid Rosenberg says. This is the number one political show in the genre. Katz is doing great at night. He's doing phenomenally well. Other shows do well in the city. We're number one. No, we're not beating some of the, you know, Elvis Duran or Boomer Esiason, but we're number one in this genre. Where Eric Adams speaks, we're number one. How do you not come on this show? Because you're worried that I don't like you, or I may put your feet to the fire. I may ask Eric Adams, say, Eric, be honest. What was your relationship with Louis Farrakhan? You guys okay with that? I'm not. I'm not. So he never came on, and that does bother me. But on top of that, you know, I really felt like he was a bad Brooklyn Borough president. The crime in Brooklyn was at an all-time high. Crown Heights was a mess. Flappish was a mess. And I still have a lot of family in Brooklyn. I go back to Brooklyn all the time. Nobody who lived in Brooklyn thought Eric Adams was great, outside of the 10 people in East New York who probably voted for him. So he was a bad Brooklyn Borough president. And on top of that, when he was running, he would do everything he can to make both sides happy. He'd say something nice for the Republicans. He said something nice for the Democrats. Yet he was a man of zero conviction. I mean zero. Say what you want about Curtis Sliwa. He's a clown. He's, he's got the beret. He's got the jacket. None of that is true. That man's not a clown. Curtis is a hero. He has spent the better part of four decades protecting people like us all over the city. And he knows the city better than anybody. And he is a man of conviction. 
You know how Curtis feels. I don't know how Eric Adams feels. I have no idea. So when you combine all those things, I'm not a big Eric Adams fan. Now, if he comes on the show and he says, Sid, I love you, Bernie, I love you, and he gives us a nice 12-minute conversation, I am shallow enough and immature enough to admit that I like him. That's me. It's really that simple. But when you stay away from me, when you ignore me and hide from me, I'm going to kick your ass. Come back here and punch me in the face. I'll let you do it. I mean, right or wrong, I don't, I don't, people come on the show, Justin, say what you want, I let them speak. I don't cut them off, whether it's a Michael Rappaport or an Anthony Scaramucci. I show a ton of respect. If Eric Adams wants to come here and punch me in the face, he can do it. I'm not going to stop him. Have we not seen that before? Oh, we've seen it regularly. Right. So the invitation is out there, but it's never going to happen. So one of the instances where, again, I'm going to show you what a double talker this guy is. We know the Manhattan DA is a guy named Alvin Bragg. And Alvin Bragg is a terrible DA because he's a guy that has flat out said, basically outside of rape and murder, if you commit a crime in New York City, that's fine. We're not going to arrest you. We're not going to put you in jail. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We kind of joked around at lunch last week, me and a buddy of mine, why would you commit a crime in Brooklyn or Queens or the Bronx? Just come here where I live, Manhattan, where I work and I live. Commit a crime here. Alvin Bragg's not going to bother you. That's what Alvin Bragg said. And Eric Adams still endorsed this guy. Yet, yet, Eric Adams was on with me and Bernie about two years ago during the height of the COVID, maybe three years ago, when he was still a lousy Brooklyn Borough president. And he said this about criminal bail reform and crime in this city. Actually, when you looked at the bail reform law, and this is what I told, uh, spoke with those in Albany from the beginning, you look at the items that were on the list that you could not give bail to burglary robbery those were those are predatory crimes those are crimes against people that are violent crimes manslaughter so i don't know who were the advisors that stated that these crimes are not predatory crimes these are the crimes we fought against and just because the presence of COVID-19 does not mean the disappearance of criminal behavior. And we need to focus on that. You can't t- take a public health crisis and then you t- go back to a, a public safety crisis. And so I'm concerned when you believe that because this health issue is in front of us, that we could lose this, our cities and our streets to crime. And we got to be very careful on how we do this releasing procedure to make sure that people are not those who have committed uh, criminal behavior, particularly violent criminal yeah. behavior. So there he made a lot of sense, right? That's no good. That's criminal behavior. There's a lot of crimes you need to take more seriously there. Now, again, this is years ago. He's still Brooklyn Borough president. He hadn't even announced at that point he was running for mayor. There, Eric Adams sounded like a guy who made a lot of sense. All these crimes matter. All these crimes matter. And basically, we're going to take all these crimes very, very seriously. Then, again, he's not that far removed from endorsing uh, Alvin Bragg. Not that far removed. Now, Alvin Bragg has gotten a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. He feels it. In fact, he feels it so much, Justin, that he was compelled to address all of the issues and criticism coming his way. Here is the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, yesterday. 
I certainly understand why people took it and, and viewed it as a static document. This is something that's got to live and breathe under the circumstances of specific cases, under the judgment and wisdom of, of, of those who have experience and have dealt with it. That's Alvin Bragg. So at the end of the day, we could have had Curtis Sliwa, a guy that knows this city, a guy that has devoted his life to fighting crime, a guy that is very serious in his convictions, and instead we got double-talking Eric Adams and Alvin Bragg, who basically is okay with criminals and prisoners running wild in the streets of New York City. That's what we've got. Well, that's the bad news. What I do have good news is that we've got a great show today. So. How about that? I don't know. What? What? Oh, Luke, does that one work? We're trying to get you a pair of headphones that you can uh, somehow figure out how to well, use. Well, I have to keep, uh, you know, kind of jiggling the uh, the thing in the hole here. Well, that doesn't sound right. Ew. <laughs> I got to keep jiggling it just to make sure I get the audio because it keeps going in and out, you know. Oh, my God. The old in and out, and I'm jiggling it inside the hole. It sounds like choppy to you? <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of choppy. That's. I'm actually having the same problem over here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, is that true? Yeah, I am. But it's not the board. I think it's it's the actual headphones, right? It could be the jack that they're in, or uh, yeah. I don't know. Why are we discussing technical issues? We have no. I don't idea know. Uh, pe- people seem no interested in this type about. of stuff. I don't know either. One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We covered Donald Trump and Sean Hannity. We covered Howard Stern and Tucker Carlson. We covered Eric Adams and Alvin Bragg. We covered Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, and Nancy Pelosi. And the show is only fifty two minutes old. Can't go home now. We could go home now, but then all these great guests we've got the next That's three true. hours. That's true. All people right. want to hear from them. So. so I guess we'll stick around. Yeah, I guess so. Plus, you wouldn't get paid if you uh, left now and you need the money. You don't think I would? No. Why? you, you got to get a ring for your girlfriend, and Frankie Kravitz is going to make sure that happens. So. Thank, you, thank you, Frankie Kravitz. Yeah. When is that going to happen again? Uh, you gave me 18 months. Right. So think, now I have eight, uh, 17 months and, uh, and, like a, and 27 three days. It was a week ago uh, that she was on. It was the Russian New Year a week ago. Yeah. Any chance you do it before 17 months and three weeks? Absolutely not. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're giving yourself a lot of time. You, 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 whatever, a lot of time? You could break up. I, you I, could, I had, 18 months, you could break up. I had three years in the bag, and then you had to open your fat mouth. I'm sorry. I didn't do it to get you in trouble. I, I did it because I'm starting to feel badly for She's a beautiful young lady, and, she's just, and you're a great guy. You know that. No one loves you more than me. I'm giving you the chance of a lifetime here. I'm making you a star. But she's not going to stay around forever, this chick. She's too good looking. I had three years. I think she's already texting Luke Legrano late at night, too, which is another I don't, issue. I don't think so. Yeah, Luke, I think she has. Luke's not her type. Why is that? She doesn't like those, you know, stock market mogul types. That's his father, not Luke. Luke does traffic on ABC. It's inherent. Oh, okay. Got it. Oh, there you have it, folks. Joseph Abood, Joseph Takapina, Judge Janine, Phil Sims, and Cindy Adams still to come your way. Plus my whole great crew here. Friday morning with Bernie and Sid. Bernie back on Monday. We'll be back right after these short messages.
played that promo for uh, Sharippa and Imperioli, Bobby Bacala and Christopher. I did watch the Many Saints of Newark. It's all about Christopher's father. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, they've got their show coming up at the St. George Theater on Staten Island, February 12th. And I got a text from Steve Sharippa just last night. And the guys want to come in February 7th. What day of the week is that? I don't know what day of the week uh, it is. February, well, my birthday I think it's a Monday. Thursday, right? Because the Super Bowl is a Thursday. Uh, I don't no, know. It's what day? Monday. It's a oh, Monday. It's a Monday. Monday, February 7th, Steve Sharippa and Michael Imperioli will be live in studio. And they texted me uh, personally because they know this is the big show. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. Yeah. Go to WABCRadio.com now and register for your chance to win a WABC Barry House coffee mug. Barry House Coffee. Proud to be the official sponsor of Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Register now and good luck. Uh, so uh, there you have it. What is this person? I can't have this in front of me the whole day. I, just, I can't help myself. I'm an idiot. Uh, Sid, when are you going to accept my friend request? Who are you? Joseph something or other. I don't know. I'll do it today. I don't know. Please. Well, you know, if it you... matters that much to you, I'll do it. It's fine. Well, you don't really use Facebook. I don't really use it. No, what happens is my Instagram stuff automatically goes on Facebook. I haven't posted. What is it, Mike Garcia? Go ahead. You got a friend in me. Oh, you better cut it out. Joe Parisi, Christides, D'Agostinos. I love this guy. He gives Gabriel his, uh, his uh, flavored water. just want to thank you. You make my ride in the morning so much more enjoyable. You and the team are fabulous. I miss Bernie, but you've handled it unbelievably well. Thank you for being real. That's Joe Parisi. That's a good man. We got a lot of really good guests. The whole crew is here. This is going to be a great three hours, I promise. This is Smashing Pumpkins, Landslide. Hour two is coming up right after this. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. This is a great movie, Eddie and the Cruisers. It's our second song this week. We played Tender Years a couple days ago. John Caperty and the Beaver Brown Band. The title track and the name of the movie, Eddie and the Cruisers on the Dark Side. Frankie Diaz with an E is going to Dunkin' Donuts. And, um, well, you know what I want. Bo Dito makes fun of me for this. I'm going to give out my coffee order on the air. But you know what I want. I want a large coffee. Even though it's going to be my third cup already, I'm going to be painting houses this afternoon. I want a large coffee. It would be a venti if it was Starbucks, but it's Dunkin', so it's just a large coffee. I want skim milk, and I want four equal. If there's three equal, you son of a bitch, I'll know. So so a large coffee, skim milk, and four equal. Right. Okay. Justin, what did I just order? I don't know. Why do I care? <laughs> Justin doesn't drink coffee. He's a psychopath. He doesn't? No, he you, does. He does. You drink coffee, Christina, in the morning? Only Starbucks. Only Starbucks. I, yeah. You I don't, don't want to say it. I, I can't do Dunkin'. I don't know why. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the official coffee sponsor of the show is actually Barry House Coffee. So you're supposed okay. to say Barry House. All right. I like Barry House there Coffee, you know. too. And Starbucks. <laughs> you do know that when I was making you coffee, I was giving you only three sugars, right? I know that. Oh, I know. I texted your father. I said, Larry, what is wrong with your son? He can't take a simple instruction like four sugars. And what did he say? He said, what can I tell you? I did the best I could. That's what he said. Uh, by the way, when you make me those coffee in the morning, here it is Barry House coffee. So uh, that is Luke Legrano. He's got traffic coming up. Joseph Abood will join us at 725 right after the early morning Bill O'Reilly message. So talking about Bill O'Reilly, and again, I have to thank the listening audience because a lot of the time I don't know what's going on. When I leave here, uh, I'm basically done. Right, I got the gym. I got to get Gabriel from school. You know, he's in a play now. Matilda, he's got a big role. I have to go to his rehearsal and his practice. I got a lot going on. I'm, I'm four movies, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? So um, you guys out there tell me what I'm missing sometimes. So I guess it turns out that O'Reilly, who does his best work with me and Bernie, 840 on Thursdays. After that, he's got his own show, 9 o'clock every, every night. Every weeknight here on WABC, Bill O'Reilly does an amazing show at 9 p.m., right after Mark Levin and right before Rita Cosby. So Bill was on with me yesterday, and he and I get along great. We've got a really good report. He'll admit that. And um, uh, what is he saying here? Sid is lying about the ratings. Yeah, yeah, you're in the middle of a sentence. I know. I can't. Shut this thing off. Get Gabby in here and shut this thing off. I mean, it's driving you crazy. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, just put it in front of you, Christine. I got no patience for this. Who's this guy? Chris something's the the critic. Some some jack off in his parents' basement with his pants down to his ankles watching 70s porn and like old egg for young boxes all around his uh, room there. Get rid of that guy. I got no patience for that. So O'Reilly does this great show at 9 o'clock every weeknight. And he was on with me yesterday. And it was his idea. It wasn't mine. We did this really funny back and forth exercise where he asked me to be the reporter, and he was Biden. And he answered relatively serious questions in comedic fashion. And it was really good. Is that fair to say, Justin, that the back and forth with me and O'Reilly yesterday was actually really good? It was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was good. So then he felt the need last night to uh, bring it up on his show, which is always great. So anytime Bernie and Sid, or in this this case Sid, gets a mention on a show like Bill O'Reilly, it's a big deal. Here's what it sounded like last night in the 9 o'clock hour on WABC. So I was on WABC with Sid Rosenberg this morning. WABC carries our podcast at 9 p.m. every night. Very nice of them to do that. And here's what I said. Go. Now, I have a contest on BillOReilly.com. And the contest is you get a free copy of Killing the Mob if you have been suppressed. All right? Just contact me because I don't know anybody who's been suppressed. Do you know anyone who's been suppressed? I don't. And, in fact, you know, if you... we had record voting last Right. Time. Right. Record voting. So there's, I guess there's got to be somebody somewhere has been suppressed. <laughs> and if you have and you get in touch with me, you get a free book. How about that? You get a free book. And his killing series, especially Killing the Mob, is really, really good. So Bill O'Reilly at his very best on the show yesterday and then, of course, doing a great job as he does every weeknight at 9 o'clock last night. Thank you, uh, Bill O'Reilly. So now I've I've given the uh, text machine here to uh, Christina. I don't want to look at it. I I don't care. 
Uh, how's it going so far there? Don't even read anything specific. How's it going? You, you were getting too distracted by it, Sid. Yeah. Uh, no, it's go- It's going well. I mean, everyone's pretty complimentary except for, you know, you've There's always like got one or two clowns. Yeah, yeah. Could that you, yeah. they hate you so much, yet they can't stop watching of you. Course, so, of course. you know what that right. means? You're doing a good job. I guess so. Thank you, Christina. Thank you for that. Christina was all over uh, Sean Hannity last night watching Donald Trump. I wonder, because I have to say this, in Bernie Stead. I'm getting a lot of messages, and I mean this, and we are number one in the genre. I'm not going to keep going over that. I don't care who, who, whether you believe me or not. We are number one in the genre. Uh, we're getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of messages that in Bernie's stead, people are really enjoying the cast. We don't do a lot of the cast when me and Bernie are here because we have a great back and forth. Me and Bernie have a great rapport. There's not a lot of it. When he's not here, then I do kind of lean on you guys, all of you, Christina, Justin, Mike, Luke, Frank, all of you. And I'm getting a lot of messages that folks are really enjoying the ensemble sound of this show. Very reminiscent and similar to some of the great morning shows and morning DJs. So Christina let us know what she did last night. She uh, watches Sean Hannity and Donald Trump naked. Uh, What did you do last (laughs) night, Justin? Uh, What did I do last night? I watched a lot of Yellowstone. Thank you for that. You're not done with that series yet? No, I'm not. No, where are you? you, uh... I'm like in the middle of season two. And I think we're four seasons in now, right? Right. So, like, what? For example, what was the episode last night? Uh, what just happened? Uh, you know, Casey's uh, the head guy. He's running the the cabin with right. all the cowboys. Right. And, uh, and you know, he's he, not with Beth yet, right? What? what? They're siblings. You're crazy. Oh, Casey. Oh, the brother Casey. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy they sit out in the on the with the wolves and all that. That's right. No, right yeah. now the the rip guy is with. Uh, right. Okay. His, so that was early on. I forget when they got together. But you told me that you just saw. And it's ironic because I had you play this a couple of weeks ago with Bernard. Uh, the when the horse died, the uh, the horse that won the Kentucky right. Derby. I'm kind of going back and forth between Sopranos and right. uh, Yellowstone. The horse that won the Kentucky Derby died a couple of weeks ago. So I say to Justin, I go go back to the Sopranos episode where Palomine died. That was amazing, and Tony ends up killing Ralphie. He had no idea what I was talking about, and last night. You finally got to that episode, yes? Right, exactly. Now, and how great re- was now, that? Well, it was really great, but you spoiled it for me, so it could have been greater. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Well, that's a satisfying death. I mean, you know, <laughs> R- Ralphie was uh, was a douchebag. He was. He's a great actor, that guy, and the whole cast hates him. Joe Pantaleone. He was not invited to anything. It's kind of like uh, my friend Joe Ganiscoli. The cast doesn't like him either. He played the gay guy. You know, so Sharippa hates him, and uh, the other guys, they just kind of tolerate him. There was a lot of jealousy on that set. You know, everybody wanted to be bigger than the next guy. Like Jimmy Gandolfini, God rest his soul, he didn't care. Tony Sirico didn't care. But some of the other guys, they, they got a little carried away with the jealousies and the nonsense. So guys like Joe Pantaleone, who played Ralphie, no one liked him, and Joe Ganiscoli, very few liked him. They, uh, they had a tough go on the set. But we will have Steve Sharippa and Michael Imperioli live in studio February 7th because they're doing their – it's a podcast, right? It's a Sopranos podcast? Yeah, they do – I think it's called Talking Sopranos. They do a podcast, yeah. And uh, they'll be doing it at the St. George Theater on Staten Island, which is right by the baseball team that we now own, the Staten Island Yankees. We own it or we run it or something. I, I don't know exactly. Something. I, I'm not exactly sure I get on confused. the appropriate term. Yeah, Eric comes in here and we talk about uh, the Ferry Hawks and, and congratulations – to my guy, I, I, I feel like I made this happen. I really do. Uh, Gary Perone, who the last couple of years felt like he was in prison working for Steve Cohen, who was a friend of mine and the Brooklyn Cyclones, like he was in prison. And he, uh, he is now running the show with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And almost every day 
Gary does a really good job of promoting the new baseball team. I've seen the logo a thousand times. He actually called me last week. This is true. He'll get mad if I say this on the air, but it's fine. He goes, listen, can you get Joseph Abood, who's going to join us literally in eight minutes, can you get Abood to, um, to get me in his store? I go, he doesn't have a store anymore. He goes, oh. He goes, well, I want my stuff to fit like it fits you. He goes, I want to be the best-dressed GM in baseball. And he's a good-looking guy, Gary. He lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight. He's a really good-looking guy. So he's like, I want to be the best-dressed guy like you, blah, blah, blah. Set me up with Joseph Abood. Now, Abood's retired for the most part. Like, he, got, he helped my son get his suit for his bar mitzvah. He helped me with the photo shoot a couple of weeks ago. But for the most part, he's retired. But I thought it was cute that Gary is, is into the job like that. I want to be the best-dressed GM. I'm promoting the logo. He's really excited, as we are, about the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. So congratulations uh, to Gary for getting that job. And the show is coming up February 12th at the St. Uh, uh, George Theater, Sharippa and Imperioli. And we'll, um, we'll have tickets to give away, I'm sure. And those guys will be live in studio coming up February the 7th. Uh, Nancy Pelosi spoke yesterday. What was she talking about, this witch? Oh, God. Um, you know, praising Biden, the usual stuff. What do you mean praising Biden, the usual stuff? Who praises Biden? She does. Oh, all, she does. Literally all the time. Yeah. Well... I think it's it's funny when you ask most rational people, because Biden tried to sell us that there was progress in the first year. He's making things happen. The things he can't make happen, he still blames on Donald Trump. But for the most part, he gave himself gave himself a pretty good grade. When most rational people know it's the worst first year of the presidency in the history uh, of that position, dating back to George Washington. And yes, Nancy Pelosi found a way, it's unbelievable, to give Biden credit yesterday. This is Nancy Pelosi 6. Today we broke a proud anniversary. One year ago today, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were sworn in as president and vice president of the United States. What a nightmare. Since that historic day, we have seen one of the most impactful first years of a presidency in modern times. Very impactful. In modern times. That's right. Getting shots in the arms of millions of people, putting money in pockets, delivering the best year of job creation on record. That's not true. Working together, President Biden and the Democratic Congress, working with all of you, built a strong foundation for much of this progress with our American rescue I mean, she should should be put in Bellevue. She needs to be put in in a room with white walls. Wearing a straitjacket. She sounds like a crazy person. Yeah. What is she talking about? I he don't tried know. to get two bills passed. Neither one got passed. I know we got that original infrastructure bill, less than $2 trillion, But the Build Back Broke deal, that didn't work. The voting rights bill didn't work. Everything is falling apart in and around us. All of a sudden, Donald Trump, who, believe me, was shiny when he left office. Now he's the greatest guy ever. Now he's Jesus Christ reborn. What am I missing? What am I missing about Joe Biden? Nothing. Corey Zelnick checks in. He says, crushing it as usual this morning. Tell Alec to fire up Paradise by the Dashboard Light. We'll, we'll play that. Maybe when we get back with Abood, of course, that was the Meatloaf classic. And Meatloaf did die at the age of 74 last night, which, uh, which was sad. I don't know. What am I missing, Christina? How old are you now? I know you never ask Ooh. a woman. I know. Just, whatever. You're we'll like leave a it at, we'll, Listen, we'll leave it at late 30s. You're 39. Oh. That's like the latest 30 you can be. What's Sid, later than 39? Sid, that's like pushing 40. That's why. You look, you look like you're 25. All the people on this uh, text machine are like saying uh, very uh, perverse things to you. I, you know, I could get away with mid-30s. I feel like until I was like 37, 38, I'm officially, there's no more mid. 
it's, it? it's it's officially late thirties, pushing forty. I disagree. I go twenty five. So you were born, let's see, forty years ago, Ooh. and who was president you know, forty years ago? Let, uh, let's see how good your math is, uh, Justin. The year is two thousand twenty two. That would be nineteen eighty two. Who was uh, president back then? Eighty two. Was no, don't say anything, Justin. Was it George H? No. Go with no. Go with that. Was it? Of course not. Not even close. But go with it. Okay. Is I'll that your guess? It. I, I guess. Christina, you got a better guess? I I thought it was Reagan. Okay, Luke Legrano, you got a guess? Eighty-two. My levels. Up. There you go. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. What do you well, got? You're really off your game today. <laughs> eighty-two. Oh man, I'm so bad at history. Eighty-two. I'll go with. Ford. Okay, great. Uh, you're all morons, except for Christina. <laughs> Christina got it right. 82 was Reagan. Was Reagan. Of course. Uh, you know 79. How, why, I know po- that? Uh, po- why didn't you let us keep guessing? Well, because I, want, I wanted to hear how brutal these answers are going to be, and they were very, very funny and brutal. Go ahead, Chris. My, because my family speaks about Ronald Reagan as, as, as the Messiah. He was. No, he was. <laughs> yeah. No, he was. And to your family's credit, to your mother, Maria, who's adorable, by the way, I'm yeah. listening right now. Hi, we, baby. They talk about Reagan like, I mean. Well, really. here's what happened. 1979, a little history lesson for me, not even Bernard, uh, although Bernie loves when I do stuff like this as well, was one of the worst years ever. I mean, we had gas lines, inflation, we had the hostages. It was very similar to what's going on now. And who came to the rescue? A Republican president by the name of Ronald Reagan. We said morning in America again. And it's going to be the same thing when Donald Trump beats Joe Biden in 2024. Here comes the Republican president on his white horse to save the country. See, in my lifetime, Jimmy Carter was always easily the worst president ever. And I'll be 55 in April. Now, in one year, Joe Biden has surpassed him. So I asked you that because you were born after Jimmy Carter. So for you, there's not even a debate. This is the worst president ever. This is why I love Donald Trump so much, I think, because it's, it's like, you know, it's, it comes full circle. I was born during Reagan. Right. Who was the savior. And he wasn't Reagan also an actor. He was. Right? He yeah. was. He was he a bedtime a poli- for Bonzo. He yeah. was. He was in a bunch of. He was in a lot of movies. He wasn't always a politician. No, he he was an actor. He right. then became governor of California. That was his first very very big big position, and then of course he went on to become the president. But he was a good looking guy and actor. Nancy Reagan, of course, had her career as well a celebrity career. Right. And they made for a dashing dashing, dashing. DC couple. Not as handsome as, as Trump and Melania. Melania is the prettiest first lady ever. But Reagan, Reagan saved this country. Don't listen to the Star Wars stuff, taxing of the middle class, all that nonsense. He saved the country. Right. Oh, that's what I grew up hearing constantly, that Reagan, Reagan was the man. He was. Your yeah. family's very, very smart. All right, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Joseph Abood is coming up next. You know, there are a couple of deaths in the fashion business this week, a couple of huge names that passed away. And he's always, he's always happy and in a good mood and optimistic. The world could be falling apart. And if a boots jacket looks good today, he's happy. He'll join us at 725. Coming up at 805, famous self-defense, self-defense, famed defense attorney, Joseph Takapina, 840. Nobody better. Sunday mornings, 11 o'clock. Judge Janine. She'll open a can of whoop-ass on Joe Biden. That's coming up at 840. 9.25, former New York football giant, great. Now one of the stars on the NFL today on CBS, breaking down these four huge NFL playoff games this weekend. My friend Phil Sims, Cindy Adams, coming up at 940, and she is the funniest guest I'll ever have. What are you laughing at now, what they got? What they say? 
you know, I'm, 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 I think I'm getting addicted to this. Like you were, they're yeah. talking, they're asking what kind of shampoo I use oh, yeah. and my hair. Yeah. You know what? Th- this is bad news in front of me too. I'm get getting this hooked. Thing, get this thing <laughs> out of here now. I'm getting hooked. She's hooked. I, I can't stop looking at this thing. Pantene Pro-V. Not, not, not quite, but good guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're like a cat who sees like a laser pointer on the Let wall. me tell you something. If we put this thing behind the glass next to you and, Go- and Mike, and they start writing about you, you're going to react the same exact way. I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? I've got very thick skin. Well, you do. You do. Because you take a little bit of a beating on this show, and you just come kind of, come back ticking like a Timex clock. I don't even hear what you say. You don't even hear it? You don't even yeah. care? I don't it means even nothing. Care. Right. It goes right over my head. Right. Except when you complain to Chad that Sid keeps calling me an idiot. I would never do such a I thing. I know. I'm kidding. We'll take a short break. Joseph Abood is coming up next. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then at noon, it's Charlie Kirk from 1 to 3 p.m. It's Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Oh, that was great. I want to get to that Phil Rizzuto part. It's going to take a while. This is the classic Paradise by the Dashboard Light. The great meatloaf died yesterday at the age of 74 years old. And I'll give you a, uh, a quick story before I get to Joseph Abood. My first stinky finger. I was at uh, sleepaway camp in uh, what? That's disgusting. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it is a little bit. That's true. But we, we've all gotten there third base. And I was at sleepaway camp in upstate New York in a sleep out in the woods. And uh, her name was Michelle. I'm not going to say her last name, Klugman. And uh, <laughs> and that summer, Meatloaf was like all the rave. He was the big deal. And uh, that was the song that was playing in the background. So there you have it. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I've got experience of that song. Hey, now. <laughs> Maybe that, yes. Pete Morgan checks in from uh, Peerless Boilers. And he says this, back-to-back Joe's. Hall of Fame designer Joseph Abood and Skidmore Thoroughbreds own Joe Tacopina. That's great guests, and they're better guys. And he's right. Here he is, the best men's fashion designer ever, dear friend, and uh, did a great show on this station not that long ago. And an old Imus buddy, Joseph Abood. Good morning, handsome. How are you? Good morning, Sydney. It's so great to hear you this morning. You sound up, and don't let these guys ever get in your way, the naysayers. Just run right over them because they'll always be there. The more successful you become, the more they'll be out there. So just ignore them. It's too much negative energy. <laughs> yeah, I like Listen to, to me. I, yeah. I told you I'm your life coach, and, and you just have to ignore these guys. But you know, of course, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. I like to present it to the audience as if it does because – I yeah. am. I do uh, at times torture myself, and, and at times I suffer from low self-esteem. You know me better than anybody. Uh, that's do, all I true. Do. I'm very Howard Sternish in that manner. But a lot of this stuff that I bring up on the air, you know, Joe, doesn't bother me. I don't care. But it's, it's fun to at least right. present to the audience that there is a, a, a couple of folks out there that hate me so much they love me. 
And that's that's the way anybody who's successful, you know, will always find their enemies or people who are naysayers. So as I always say, just run right over them. But, hey, Sid, let me tell you something. You know, you don't retire from who you are. You retire from what you do. So it's interesting when you said I'm retired and I and I so appreciate you following my career. But it's so interesting that this new phase of my career, writing this mystery for Netflix and for Amazon, thinking about creating a new collection. You know, I think I feel forever young creatively. And uh, even our fashion shoot, Sid, was so much fun. We haven't talked about it since we did it. Yeah, it was great. You were amazing. And people will always say everybody comes on and they blow smoke. I was so in awe of your ability oh, to on. do what you did. Come on, to God! No, listen, no, you're Joseph Abood. You. You've got you've got these 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 uh, fashion shows all over the world: Paris, right. Milan, New York City. You've got models working for you yeah. for forty years, and you're telling me I was amazing. You really were, Sid. And you know the pictures. I can't wait for the magazine to come out because the pictures were amazing. It's for all the audience listening. When you see these photos, it's a different side of Sid, but they're so professional. Uh, I just, I have to tell you how great it was. And I came home and I said, I don't believe it. I don't believe Sid just did what he did. So I know it sounds like smoke, but I'm always a truth teller, and you were amazing. Well, thank you. And uh, if I was amazing, and when the shoot comes out, if you do love it, uh, the reason was you. I mean, we had a great photographer. He's a great, great photographer. And uh, yeah. some, you know, good people behind us, Vicky and Suzanne and all those folks. But That's just, right. I, That's go back, right. I go back and look at the videos from that day, and you constantly walking over and fixing my jacket, <laughs> adding a yeah. bracelet, putting up a collar, yeah. all these types yeah. of things. It was, it was really very exciting for me to be uh, at a photo shoot for a magazine and have you, of all people, trying to make me look good. So if you enjoyed it, just imagine how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, no, it's great. And those pictures will last forever. They're fantastic. They so are great. Very proud of you on that one. Thank I'm you. Very thank proud of you. Thank you, you Joseph. Too. Well, let's get to your industry because I've always been fascinated yeah. with it. And uh, the more I get involved in it, uh, the more fun that I have. Uh, this yeah. week, uh, I did a, a uh, my weekly podcast yesterday. It's a video podcast, and the guys here do mm-hmm. a tremendous job. And I did mention this in the podcast. You'll be proud of me, Joseph. The death of Andre Leon Talley. That's a big Talley. deal in your business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andre Leon Talley was a major force in fashion. He wasn't design. He wasn't a designer. He was a journalist who worked for great publications. He worked for Women's Wear Daily out of the London office. He worked for Interview. He worked with Andy Warhol, um, and he's probably best known. He worked for Vanity Fair, but he was probably best known with his uh, tenure at Vogue as creative director and uh, working closely with Anna Wintour. And uh, just so loved. He was a, you know, Sid, he was bigger than life, uh, figuratively and literally. He was six foot seven. He wore capes and furs, and he had this wonderful way of speaking, and his writing was brilliant. So sometimes it isn't always the designer and the designer name that is the most important force in fashion. He was really brilliant. He was a, he was a young man. He was 73, uh, relatively young. Uh, he fought all kinds of things, racism, ageism. Uh, he had a problem with his weight. And, you know, the fashion business is all about vanity. Yeah, yeah. But he, he, he basically surpassed it all, and he became such a fashion force. He'll really be missed. There are very few people like Andre well, Lee. A heck of a eulogy right there from the best men's yeah. fashion designer ever, the very, very handsome 
Joseph Abood, and you should follow Joseph on Instagram. It's a fun follow, at designer Joseph Abood, at designer Joseph Abood. Also, a European legend in your business, Nino Cerruti. He also passed away a couple yeah. of days ago, yes? Yeah. Nino Cerruti was probably one of the most refined, classic menswear designers. And I'd often told you, Sid, menswear designers don't get the same play, the same billing uh, as women's wear designers. But uh, he was an amazing guy. And you know how now you have Joe Namath on your show. Yep. When you were a kid growing up, Joe Namath was probably a legend to you. And he was. Uh, you know, you, you don't forget, Joe, that I was a Jet fan till I was eight years old that. because of Joe Namath. That. Right. And then I, I switched allegiances because his, the coach, Charlie Winter, screwed me over. But to me, Joe Namath with the, the fur coats and the Fabergé oh and the stockings, oh my God. he was larger That's than right. life. He was such a huge figure. But my point is, you got to be uh, a follower, a lover. He was an icon. And then the next thing you know, he's on your show. And so for me, I had known about Nino Cerruti, or as we say in Italian, Cerruti, uh, and had known him, had bought his products for when I was a buyer. And then to get to know him later on was one of the greatest thrills of wow. my life. He was such a class guy, and he designed incredible menswear, Sid. Yeah. And I know how much you love menswear. And, oh, God. Uh, you know, as I said, you've become a fashion icon. Uh, unfortunately, because of me. Right. And uh, it, it's really amazing to have people like that in our industry. And when we lose them, mm. they're hard to replace. Yeah. They really are yeah. hard to replace. And he was a brilliant designer. But the fashion industry had lost greats like Pierre Cardin in the last couple of years and Karl Lagerfeld. And I don't see this next generation of designers filling their shoes or being as... I don't even know who they are. I mean, if, if I throw names at you, yeah. Hugo Boss, Mark Jacobs, I mean, uh, I, I mean, uh, the, yeah. Giorgio Armani, I guess, is, is an older guy, but are yeah. any of these yeah. brands uh, on the same level as yours and the guys you just mentioned? Well, one of my heroes um, was Giorgio Armani. Yeah, yeah. is Giorgio Armani. He's in well into his 80s now, but I will tell you a story in... in uh, September of 1987, Esquire came out with the best designers in the world, and they listed 10 designers. It was my first year in business. It was Ralph Lauren. It was George. No, no, but by the way, when you started your career as just a young yeah. little Joseph Abood, you started with Ralph Lauren, yes? Yes, I did. But I did. And so to be in this magazine in Esquire as one of the world's best designers with the likes of Nino Cerruti and Ralph Lauren and Johnny Versace was such a great honor for me. And just to be in the presence of those great names, who so many are still, you know, we lost Johnny Versace, which was a terrible I crisis. was actually living in Boca Raton when he was shot dead yeah. outside of his mansion yeah. in Miami. And, and by the way, two yeah. years after that, my radio station, 790 The Ticket, down in Miami, actually threw our Super Bowl party at his mansion. How uh, how I never weird. knew that. Yeah, I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. But he was he was such a gentleman and a brilliant designer. You know, people know the names, but if you're fortunate enough, like I am, to have known them as people, you know, they're extraordinary people. And to be in their company and and again, Nino Cerruti, such a talent, such a gentleman. These are these are such terrible losses for yeah. us. And and by the way, the retail business. You know, I, we love our friend Corey Corey Zelnick. I hope you're listening. You know, New York retail is in chaos. Headlines in women's wear today are retailers are petrified of smash and grab, oh, yeah. violence in their stores. Really? And we have got to do something because 
New York is supposed to be the fashion capital of the world or one of the fashion capitals. If we don't get this retail thing right, if we don't get safety in the stores for the people who work behind the counters, then we will never come back. Wow. All right, 60 seconds to go, and uh, you should come back on Saturdays. i got to talk to John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez. You're too good not to be on the air. But in the final 60 seconds, when a guy like Gary Perrone says, hey, I wanted to be the best-dressed GM in baseball for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, I need Joseph Abood, and I gave him the wrong answer. I said, you're retired. (laughs) You're retired, really. Uh, What answer should I give him? What should I say to him? Here's what you have to do, because this is part of my Johnny Appleseed approach to menswear. I want to spread it. You have him call me. We'll figure out, as we did with your shoot, we'll figure out how to style him. We'll put him together. And maybe I'll design the uniforms for the team. Maybe I'll design the uniforms for the team. But uh, those are the kinds of things I love doing. I don't want to be in an office every day, 9 to 5. I want to use my creative abilities to do new things, new horizons. And, uh, Sid, you're one of my greatest accomplishments. (laughs) You are one of my greatest accomplishments. So uh, I have to stay close. And and, and I love what you've done for me, and you've been such a great friend as well. And uh, you have for me. I've gone from Sid Rosenberg T-shirts and shorts (laughs) to to where I am today. And uh, I love you. I love our friendship. And I love when you come on this show. I really did. So thank you for another great appearance. Enjoy your weekend, Joseph Abood. Let's do this again on this show real soon. Bernie sends his best. And send my love to Bernie and my love to you, Sid. You got it. The great Joseph Abood right here on the Bernie and Sid show. And that's what I'm talking about. Right, Christina? He, he just spreads this positivity. This optimism. First of all, he's a great-looking guy. He's happy. The world could be falling apart. And if his pocket square is good, Joseph Abood is happy. How do you beat that? No, it's true. You like him, right? and it, And it's all about how you look, what you exude. And he just exudes positivity and, and kindness. He's right. Not only is he extremely well-dressed, he's a kind man. He is a very kind man. But if, if it's all about uh, what you wear, yesterday you were very complimentary to Justin. And he was wearing a pair of like, sweatpants. <laughs> it looked like he made duty in his pants. But you were very complimentary. He just, you know what? It was a different look on, it was a different look on Justin. I didn't even recognize him. I think you just like him. Oh, he had the hat on yesterday. He had a hat on. That's what it was. Yeah. That's right. Are you talking about me? Yeah, a lot. We're talking about your fashion. <laughs> your fashion. Yeah. No one wears a pair of old sweatpants with stains on them like you. Nobody. You don't want to even want to know how much these sweatpants cost. Uh, tell me. Uh, you can find them at Lululemon. I'll give you that. <laughs> way yeah your sweatpants no way 100%. they are on the four dollar rack at walmart next to those corduroy pants that your uncle tony wears no really yeah i'm impressed i am too lululemon look at this kid wow yeah, joseph abu's gonna be impressed even my loungewear is, you thought uh, you were the best dressed one here look at this no i'm the best dressed one here, <laughs> uh, 805 joseph tacopina 840 this lady's the best judge janine 925 how about this from mega superstar bill sims and 940 cindy adams wow Just a little more time is all we're asking for Cause just a little more time could open closing doors Just a little uncertainty can bring you 
still to come. Corey Hart never surrendered. Joe Takapina, famed defense attorney. Judge Janine Pirro at 840. She is going to rock Joe Biden's world. It's going to be great. NFL star, NFL Today star, former Giant great on the NFL playoffs. This is the huge guest, Phil Sims, coming up at 925, the king of Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. And then at 940, we'll talk to the hilarious Cindy Adams. Uh, a week, uh, next Thursday, Jennifer Aiden is going to be here. She's one of the stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I'm down to her because uh, no one else talks to me anymore. <laughs> I love Jen, actually, and she's going to be the big star this season because it's all about her and Bill. And uh, the new season premieres on February 1st. And you guys know, of course, over the years, I've talked about this show endlessly. When I was friends with Dolores, she was on quite a bit. So we'll, uh, we'll bring Jen on uh, next week. So one of the girls that actually vied for a spot on that show, her along with uh, Tracy Lynn Johnson, otherwise uh, Tracy Barber, my friend Tiki's wife. I like Tracy a lot. I love Tiki. It was uh, Caroline Russo. You know Caroline, right? I do know Caroline. So she just sent me a text. She said, say hello to Christina. I love her. People love you out there. I love Caroline. Well, you know, she's actually a big-time realtor, exit realty on the East Coast. And she, um, I guess she's out in, uh, like, Monmouth and Ocean County. Mm -hmm. She lives in Fairhaven, New Jersey. She does. Yeah. Uh, So she's, like, a big realtor. But she tried out for the show. And uh, she was on a couple of episodes. She, I, from what I understand, we will see her on this season. I'm I, very excited. I guess the softball game, she was there for that. She'll be on that one. I'm on that one, too. Yeah, it's gonna, Can't wait to see both of you. <laughs> That's going to be something else. You know what I'm saying, Justin? Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> it was a hot day that day. It didn't feel so good that day. It was 104 degrees in the shade. I had chills out in center field. Did, did I see you that day? I was supposed to be there. You didn't come. I, you know what? I think I saw the 99-degree forecast, yes. and I sat that one out. Yeah. That's a terrible job I'm, out of you. I, know. I just realized that. You weren't even there. I'm not a trooper for 99 degrees. Oh, come on. I, I was, know. I was out there sick as a dog. Stefano showed up. He was great. He was there, yes. He, he left early, though, I think. I think I saw him like the first two or three innings, and he was gone. I mean, it was, it was hot that it, day. It was hot. It was hot. So uh, Caroline Russo. Lovely girl, great realtor, good friend of all of ours. And, um, you know, one of these days I'm going to start my own show. That's what I'm going to do. All the folks that didn't make it on these Real Housewives show, I'm going to start my own show. Maybe we'll do it here. We've got the TV studios. I do this incredibly successful podcast every single week. I'm going to start my own show. Thousands and thousands of people watch it. If you look at the graphics right now, Bernie and Sid in the morning, and Bernie will be back on Monday. He texted me last night, and he loves all of you, and thanks you all for your beautiful messages. He'll be back on Monday. If you look at the graphics right now at WABCradio.tv, thank you, Gabby Lopez. It's great. It's like the Today Show. It's like the CBS Early Show. It's like Good Morning America. The podcast comes out the same way, even better, because the graphics people do an amazing job. Why? I'll just start my own show. If you tried out for any one of these shows, Real Housewives of New York or New Jersey or, or Miami or Dubai, I don't care, and uh, you're not on full-time, you'll, you'll come work for me. We'll do a whole new show. What do you think about that, Christina? We'll make you the star of the show. You know what? I would be one of those those people. No, you didn't try out. You wanted to be on, but you never tried no, out. No, no, no. I, I didn't want to be on. They they pursued me, and I did go through the interview process. Oh, you did? I did. When was this? Two years uh, ago? This was about two years ago. Really? Because yeah. you really wanted to be on. No, I. to be honest with you, I, I still don't think I have what it takes to... to I think this is have more... have what it takes? What do you think it no, takes? This is, this is more up, up my alley. I'll, oh, I'll be I agree with you with there. You. No, but I, I said, you know what? Let's yeah. just go with it. And I, I did go through the interview process. Okay. You, are, you are better here because not only are you pretty, but you're smart. And uh, you're a big Donald Trump supporter. And, of course, me and Bernie... We are both big Donald Trump supporters. Nobody bigger than 
Bernard, except for maybe you. In fact, you came in this morning all excited because you watched Trump on Sean Hannity last night. Let's play some of these cuts. This is uh, Trump talking about the pathetic display we saw to Joe Biden two days ago at that press conference. He talks about January 6th, and then he talks about, of course, when he was president, how all this, uh, these, um, this mess would not be going on. But let's start first with January 6th when Donald Trump tells Sean Hannity, let me tell you something, I warned Nancy Pelosi, I wanted police there, I wanted National Guard there, and she didn't heed my warning. It's on her, not me. Did you authorize calling up the Guard, and then it became, uh, the chain of command went to Nancy Pelosi and to the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser. Did you, as required by law, authorize that? One hundred percent, and attested to by many people, and they turned it down. Nancy Pelosi turned it down. I guess they both did, but Nancy Pelosi turned it down, and she's in charge of the Capitol. So they run the Capitol, the security of the Capitol. If you had 10,000 or 20,000, but if you had 10,000, if you had 5,000 soldiers wrapped around the Capitol, you would have had no January 6th as we know it. There would have been no problem whatsoever. All right. There would have been no January 6th if Nancy Pelosi had listened to Trump. Do I have time to play the Trump one where he basically says, if I'm still in charge, this whole mess ain't going on? But she's right. You have time for that, Justin, or not really? Yes? Let's play it. Here's one more cut. Once again, Trump, Sean Hannity last night, courtesy of Fox News. Nobody is respecting our country anymore. It's like it's like day and night from what we had. We were respected. I don't want to say we were feared, but we can say it. But we were respected at a minimum. And I'll tell you what, uh, they knew that we weren't playing games. And none of these things would have happened. You wouldn't have had inflation. You wouldn't have had Ukraine problems with Russia. It was all working out. Everything was fine. I got along well with them, and they understood me. I understood them. You're going to have big problems with Taiwan. You're going to have problems with many things. This is all self-inflicted stuff. And if you really look at energy, I think the biggest component of what's happened with respect to inflation is energy. And we were energy independent. We didn't need anybody. In fact, we were exporting energy, making a fortune. We were going to be double the size of Russia and China. We're going to be double their size. We weren't number one. We were number one when I left. And we were heading in a year. We were going to be bigger than both of them combined. And that's something nobody ever thought would have been possible. You know, and instead, we gave up the mantle, and, and we look like a bunch of very sad fools. Agreed. I miss you, President Trump. we got a very action-packed uh, 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. No beat Sid in the 9 o'clock hour today because you've got Bill Sims and Cindy Adams. We're going to play it at 825 instead because Lydia's out no, sick today. No, I think we're going we're gonna to squeeze it in at 950. 950. Okay. Clearly, you got your marching orders from your boss, Matt Meany. Clearly, yes. Yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Joe Tacopina and the judge, Judge Janine, coming up next hour, an action-packed 8 o'clock hour on Bernie and Sid. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77.
Turn my head by its live as we start hour number three of the Bernie and Sid show. Bernie will be back on Monday. Let me read you the text he sent me late last night before we get to Joe Tacopino. He uh, actually reached out to me about 11 o'clock last night. He said, uh, partner, please thank the people for the messages. But I literally couldn't write back. Love you, my bro. The fight is on. He did receive chemotherapy on Wednesday and Thursday. He's resting today. He'll be back uh, on Monday. I think he'll be home, but he'll be on the show. Thank God. Anyway, he does uh, He does want to express his uh, gratitude and thanks for you folks who in huge numbers, I mean huge numbers, continue to contact him and me, me in large numbers, uh, checking out, uh, checking on him, how he's doing, how he's feeling. The, the uh, concern uh, obviously is sincere. It's loving. He appreciates it. I appreciate it. We both love you very much. And uh, hopefully he'll be back on Monday. But we've had a great two hours. Christina, you're hooked on that damn text machine, I can see. You're making facial gestures like, oh, my God, who wrote that? That's nasty. Oh, my God, that's great. You're hooked, aren't you? I, I, I'm, I'm like a crack addict. I'm, I'm, I'm actually addicted. I know you are. And yeah. I took it away from you. Right. And now, you, now, yeah. now you're addicted, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, our next guest, Joe Tacopina, is one of the great attorneys. And he may be the greatest ever in terms of a defense attorneys. And that's saying a lot. Arthur Idala, my own wife, is a great defense attorney. But that's how big this guy is. He's had every major superstar, every major case, all Joe Tacopina. And uh, here he is. Uh, what are you laughing at, Frankie Diaz? It's true. He's at Alex Rodriguez, DiCaprio, Foxy Brown. You're on Vandersloot. What are you laughing at? Tell me. The chat. Oh, the chat. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were laughing no, at I, I, gave you, I gave you a very prestigious compliment. Oh, you did? Yes. You've already called me handsome today and said I should be the next mayor. Yeah, I did. Oh, I thought you were laughing at Takapina. Here he is, my friend, the great attorney, Joe Takapina. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Sid. Boy, that was a, that was a rough intro with Bernie. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. My well, God. listen. Um, uh, I mean, please, please, God forbid, huh? Yeah. Listen, he's not doing great. He's not. I'm not going to lie to the audience. They, they, he was here on Tuesday. They heard him. He sounded very, very frail. But he'll get better. You know, the chemo. He's a, he's a strong guy. He's a fighter. Strong guy. That's right. He said the chemo's really kicking the cancer's guy. ass, and he'll come back and be stronger than ever. So, uh, but yeah. thank you for stopping by today. You're always a, an amazing, an amazing guest. And I do want to start, Joseph, with uh, Letitia James. Now, look, she did a pretty good job in getting Andrew Cuomo out of office, right? It was she, she was the one who well, put together the case to get him out, basically. Now she's wasting our time and our tax money on trying to level Donald Trump and his family in a city where the DA doesn't mind if people mug and kill in the streets. She's wasting her time with the Trump family. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? It's it's first of all, I, I have different thoughts about the, the coma situation. I mean, listen, really, uh, you know, doing a great job. I mean, you know, in this day and age, if a woman comes and says something against a, a, a high profile individual, for the most part, it's credited before an investigation is done. You know, so I'm not I'm not I'm not really lauding her work on the on the coma. And by the way, let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you. I agree with you. In fact, uh, because we hate him so much, Bernie kept driving home all those points about the harassment. I'm like, will you stop it? You look pretty today. Give me a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, but, sweetheart. Right. But he, but, yeah. but, but the truth is, like Al Capone, they got Al Capone for tax evasion, not murder. Exactly. This guy murdered 18,000 people, so they got him on this nonsense. I'll take it. Yeah, and you know what? I, I agree with you, but but you know she had also announced Letitia James that she was running for governor before she went after him. True. So think about her True. motives. This lady's motives. But she, she did drop out. She did. How she's not running now. She's she not did. running now. Well, she's not running because she got walloped in the initial polls by the incumbent. Right? Come on. She tried to run. She put her hat in the ring 
And then, and then the numbers were so horrific that there was no way she was obviously going to be able to True. compete with the incumbent. So she pulled back. But she didn't pull back because she wants to see through all these investigations. If she could have been governor, she would have been in Albany tomorrow. Let's, right. let's, not, let's be real. True. One. Number two. Number two. The second thing she did, aside from announcing she wanted to be governor before she went after Cuomo, was that in her, in her campaigning to be attorney general, she told the world she was going after Donald Trump. Now, that's a funny thing to do before you're in office, before you have any information or evidence at your fingertips, before you've done any investigation. So, what, you know, just that alone is something if I were, were, were the president's lawyers, I'd be honed in on that because she made her, herself clear. And if you look at this investigation, now we're going to talk about where it started, but if you look at the investigation, they've already put out a quote that they've determined that statements describing Trump's uh, valuation process in broad terms and in ways which were often inaccurate or misleading, okay, when compared to the supporting data. They've determined that already. They've not even done with their investigation. I mean, according to them, they need to speak with uh, the president, the president's son, and Ivanka, right? So normally you do the investigation first, then you come to the conclusion. But they literally put out a press release that actually said that they have information, that they've come to the conclusion that there were misleading and inaccurate information. So it's not an investigation. It's not an investigation. The investigation, the conclusion has been written. This is just the sort of a dog and pony show. All right. So where this all started? Where did it start? Michael Cohen. Michael Michael Cohen. Cohen. It all started. And is there a least credible guy in the world, a less credible human being in the world than Michael Cohen? Yes. It's uh, the other attorney that uh, Mooch made friends with, the other guy who went to prison for the Nike deal. What's his name? Michael Avenatti. He may be as bad as Michael Cohen. (laughs) No, he's worse. He's worse. You're right. No, you got me on that one. You you won up me. Um, You won up me on that one for sure. But Michael Cohen was this faux tough guy. I mean, I don't even know if he actually went to law school. Some faux tough guy pretending he was Trump's bulldog. And then just absolutely, you know, got caught doing so many illegal things. And then because of that, he flipped. But he flipped. No one would take him as a cooperating witness because he has no credibility. He's a convicted felon. And he's the one who started and testified about Trump exaggerating the value of his companies. How does he know? He wasn't a transaction lawyer for Donald Trump. He's the guy who's carried the suitcases for Donald Trump, uh, open the door for Donald Trump, you know, go in front of the press and say stupid things for Donald Trump. That's all he did. There was a story that surfaced a couple of months ago. Again, we're talking to the great attorney, Joe Tacopina. If you're watching us on WABCradio.tv, where the radio show is simulcast on TV every morning, what a great picture of uh, Tacopina here. And, uh, right? Doesn't he look great? Christina, literally, he's got the tie on. He's got the jacket, the coat. Very dapper. Very dapper. Definitely uh, different than what I'm looking like right now. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you are just like me. So listen, so a couple of months ago, this story came out about this uh, NHL hockey player. And his wife was like, listen, he's a degenerate. He's a gambler. He's banging other chicks. He's doing this. And his name is Evander Kane. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think he's on the Sharks or the Hawks. I don't remember where. But anyway, long story short, are you actually representing his wife? I am, along with this uh, terrific divorce attorney in California, Ron Rowley. Um, you know, I, I am representing her because of all the things this guy's alleged. Um, he, he really, this, this is a, a sociopath. Evander Kane, by the way, was just cut by the by the sharks. Sharks, right. For lying about his COVID status. Saying he was, uh, I'm sorry, about his vaccination status. Saying he was vaccinated, he wasn't. And then he was going into all these public settings, you know, unmasked and doing all these things. I mean, the guy has... Wanting disregard for any rules. But understand who this person is. He's a guy who's been accused multiple times by multiple women of sexual assault. He's a guy who had pointed a loaded gun on video at his wife. 
okay? How he's still possibly ever – this could only happen in the NHL, by the way. If this was the NFL, MLB, NBA, bye. Bye. You. bye. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and then his gambling problems. I mean, look, I've spoken to people and sources who are in the know who are part of that investigation who are clearly, clearly shocked that this guy didn't get indicted. He was under federal investigation, Okay. So, you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands in cash and, and all these other things. He is someone who really um, is a manipulative person and is going to – quite frankly, the camps that any organization has been at, let alone his, his, his you know, reputation in the locker room, which is horrific. Right. Uh, any team that would sign him really deserves nothing but, but the worst, really. Wow. Horrible guy. Well, what if the Rangers sign him, though? We need him. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you I'm don't, kidding. He's a camp in the locker room. No, I know. He's a bad guy, you know, and I'm, I'm happy representing his wife because uh, I actually felt badly, bro, when I read that story a couple of months oh. ago. So I had a oh. conversation uh, two nights ago with a mutual friend. And I said, hey, come on the show on Friday. It's been a while. I want to, you know, talk to you. She said, I would love to, but I'm in Las Vegas, and I'm working with Junior. You know who I'm talking about, of course. Yes, I do. The uh, lovely Kimberly Guilfoyle. Now, that uh, that thing, which you said a couple of weeks ago, was not really much there. Seems now that whole January 6th stuff is starting to heat up. Is that becoming a little more serious with Kimberly? Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, They've asked Kimberly to speak, and, and Kimberly is, is someone who has absolutely nothing to hide. Kimberly's obviously, as you know, very intelligent, a lawyer, um, you know, who's, done, who's very accomplished and is very intelligent. And just, just, just so the audience knows, you're, you're her lawyer, too, just in this case. I'm her lawyer, lawyer. yes. Right. Yes, I'm, I'm Kimberly's lawyer, correct. And, and so, so, you know, there's nothing to hide. I mean, for God's sakes, does anyone really think Kimberly Guilfoyle or any of the Trumps took part in a rally? That they knew was going to be a violent, like, attempted coup? Of course not. I mean, God. I mean, Kimberly has a career and a future. Donald Jr. is a very smart, smart kid. I mean, I've spoken to him. He is really an intelligent person, really, really, you know, at a different level. And so I, there's no way this is going anywhere, okay? There's no evidence that they knew that there was going to be a riot. And the funny part about this thing is everything has been done very, um, you know, sort of, under the table, and there's been requests made, and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, it leaks, because that's what this whole committee is about, all right? It leaks that they subpoenaed her phone records, okay? And then yesterday, or two days ago, Bernie Thompson goes before the press and it confirms that her phone records were subpoenaed, which is the, the opposite of what's supposed to happen in a congressional investigation. The subpoenas are not public documents, Okay. This was supposed to be done if the, if the true motive was to get to the bottom of what happened. It's not done like a dog and pony show where you're seeking publicity. And then when I saw, I, I cannot believe the quote by this, this Zoe Lofgren, okay, the select committee member. She said, quote, we're piecing together information from the president's inner circle and others who were in a position to see and hear what the plot was leading up to the riot. I mean, Jeez. so they, again, they've come to a conclusion. Yep. That there is a plot that was leading up to a riot by the president in a circle. And that is just absolute force nonsense. Agreed. Absolute nonsense. Agreed. Uh, It really is. I mean, having investigated this thing, they got phone records that show numbers called, not the substance of the messages. They don't have that. I mean, so so I don't know why they're making these pronouncements. Do your investigation. Come on. We know what this is all about. This is a political dog and pony show. That's all it is, really. With all the problems the country is having right now. You got the people, you're locking up everyone you could identify who was part of the January 6th riot, if you will. Seriously, 
enough now. I agree. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, like they knew that that people right. were going to go sit on Nancy So, Pelosi. so in the Can't last break. in the last thirty seconds, Joe, which is a a sillier case, Letitia James versus the Trump family, or January sixth versus Kimberly Guilfoyle? Which one's sillier? Well, the one I know about the most is January 6th versus Kimberly Guilfoyle, and that's the silliest case I've ever seen. Ever? Again, she'll be fine. There's nothing to hide. Absolutely nothing to hide. Okay. One of you want to take me back to Cipriani's for lunch. <laughs> next one. You'll be ready, brother. I'll be ready. You know I love doing that. How, we have some fun. How about Thursday? Uh, next Thursday. Are you going to come into the next studio? Thursday. All right? Yes. Next Thursday, I'll be in the studio. All right. You're always great. I'm glad you're back home. I miss you when you go away. But uh, you're a big-time uh, attorney, and uh, you own soccer teams, and you, you, you're gorgeous and all that good stuff. So thank you so much. All right, brother. Love right. to burn. I will. I'll send you love. Joe Tacopina, founder of Tacopina Siegel and Diorio. I know those guys, Chad Siegel and Matthew Diorio. And uh, much like you guys, you have a career because of me. They have a career because of Joe. Same thing. Who don't you know? I don't know. I think I think I, I think I know people. People know my name, but I don't really know a lot of. I don't have a lot of friends, you know. Well, that's of you, Justin. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, my friend. That got sad quick. No, no, it's fine. That's oh, the way I want it. That's the way you want it. Yeah, it's all good. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Joe Abood was terrific. Joe Tacopino was great. Still to come: Judge Janine, Phil Sims, Cindy Adams, and Beat Sid. My. God, Friday morning with Bernie and Sid. We'll be right back. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. At 5, it's Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. did some terrible things to Kim Bassinger in the movie Nine and a Half Weeks in the Rain with that song playing in the background. <laughs> I mean, I guess terrible. Depends how you look at it. Judge Deneen is coming up at 840, and she's going to open a can of whoop-ass on Joe Biden. Nobody better than the judge. Love her. She'll be here at 840. Phil Sims, NFL great, NFL Today, CBS 925. Four big games this weekend as we continue on the road to Super Bowl 56. And then Cindy Adams, she is just a riot. She's great. She's going to tell me how unimportant and uh, how stupid and how worthless my show is. And then she's going to say, but you're great. And it's, it, it, it's so cute when she does it. I can't even begin to tell you. I want to get to Garcia in a second, but here's Vinny on Long Island Online 2. What's going on, Vin? Sid, good morning, and uh, God bless Bernie. Yep. I just want to say your show is beautiful. I listen to it every morning. Thank you. And, of course, at night. I support Curtis Leva. I'm a Canarsie boy as well. I know Curtis a very long time. And I'm a big Trumpster and Newsmax supporter. But you guys are excellent, excellent in my heart. Well, thank you, Vinny. That's a great call. I appreciate that. Talking about Vinny, I did miss the uh, Jersey Shore last night. 
I'm uh, addicted to that show. More moronic television. A man my age, two kids, going to be 55. I guess I'm relatively successful. And uh, as if Bravo's not enough, I watch the Jersey Shore on MTV. And I think they're great. <laughs> I don't know. I love Mike the situation. He had a baby, and now he's like he's like a real good guy. You know, he became a good guy. He's done with beating up people and drinking and passing out on the beach. I mean, Snooky's the same. God bless Nicole. She hasn't changed. She still gets drunk and falls over, and it's a whole mess, you know. And Jay Wow is, I don't know, she bores me. I mean, she's cute. I, I don't know. She bo- She's boring, right? Do you whole, watch that? The whole thing's boring now. No, it's, well, yeah, it's kind of boring. Why do I want to watch, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of Guidos Vinny's raise their families? boring. Vinny is he's so boring. He moved to Los Angeles from Staten Island, and he's boring. Well, and, him and Polly have that other show now where oh, they try and show. find love. They except, vie for girls? It, yeah, except yeah. I think one of them found love now. Well, yeah, he's, got a, he's actually with a girl, Polly. Right. African-American girl, very pretty. So now he helps He looks the like girls. an idiot, though, by the way. His, his hair and his facial hair looks terrible. Right. He used to be cute. He's not cute anymore. But now he helps the girls yeah, I know. try to bang Vinny. Yeah, I know. I, I see that. Well, I mean, Vinny's, you know, he's not a bad-looking guy. I met Vinny. I did an event years and years ago for uh, uh, Maimonides, actually, in Brooklyn, the Pink Tie event. And uh, he was there as one of the celebrities. I was there, Dolores, a host of others. And he was okay. He was fine. You know what the problem with Jersey Shore is, Sid? Ever since that first season they did Miami, it's been all downhill from there. That was so good. Miami was good. And that you know what? First else? season in Miami, Sid. That was the peak of Jersey Shore. You're they, right. They were too good. good too early. Even uh, Luke, when they went to Italy, it was still good. Remember that one? Italy season was really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they were kids. It just looked silly. They have kids now. Like, you have kids. What kind of idiots hang out on the Jersey Shore getting hammered and spend all this time together and you got your own family? Who does that? And uh, Angelina's good for nothing. And who's the other one? Uh, uh, Dino, she's good for nothing. And why am I talking about it? You would do the same thing for the money that they're getting. Don't involve me in the conversation. They're My kids do that, too. When I yell at Ava, she goes, well, what about Daddy? Well, don't, don't worry about Daddy. I'm talking about you. Now, you, you do the same thing Ava does. But you're right. I would take that job in a minute. I'd be, I'd be bragging all over town. The newest member of the Jersey Shore. Well, wait. The Real Housewives, the Real House Husbands of WABC is coming out. Wow. Where'd you get that one? Chris Libertini put it together yesterday. It's going to be brilliant. You excited about that? Sure. So Joe Biden spoke yesterday. Here's out for, for an awkward transition about um, what he had said the day before in that horrible press conference about Russia, where he, we know he basically gave the green light to Putin to uh, go in there, you know, to the Ukraine. He's got hundreds of thousands of troops already lined up there, ready to take over. And Biden, uh, I guess he thought he came off intimidating and tough on Wednesday. He did not. He did not. It was weak. It was pathetic. It was so bad that he had to try to clear it up yesterday. So if you missed it, here is the president of the United States trying to clear up what he said about the Russian invasion on Wednesday. This is Joe Biden 1. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. But it will be met with severe and coordinated economic response that I've discussed in detail with our allies, as well as laid out very clearly for President Putin. He laid it out very clearly. So Jen Psaki did something yesterday you're not going to see very often, folks. She went on Fox News. It's one thing for Donald Trump to be on Sean Hannity last night, but Jen Psaki was on Fox News, and she was saying that foreign leaders actually like Joe Biden. They respect him. Here's some more nonsense. When he has traveled around the world or engaged with foreign leaders, um, they are relieved that a respect for democracy, a respect for alliances is back. 
they are what? worried about how long, uh, and that is how afraid uh, the last president left those relationships. But rebuilding that and re- rebuilding that trust is a big basis of what he's proud of. Yeah, trust. That's what we want to do. We want to rebuild the trust of that psycho in North Korea. We want to rebuild the trust of that murderer in Russia. We want to rebuild the trust for that, that, that war criminal in China, Xi Jinping. That's what we want to do, right, Jen Psaki, you idiot? We don't want to build any trust. We want to scare the living daylights out of these people. That's what Donald Trump did. Let me tell you something. China wouldn't think about invading Taiwan, not for two seconds, when Donald Trump was president. How did that go? Great. Russia would never, ever, ever think about invading Ukraine when Donald Trump was president. How did that go? Great. North Korea, they wouldn't fire a missile in their own backyard when Donald Trump was president. How did that go? Great. We don't want respect. We want to scare the sh- We want to scare the crap out of these people. That's, That's what Donald right, Tr- I said. That's right. Even Levin said it. You hear that? Did he say it? I thought I said it. No, you said it. Well, how come Mark Levin said that's right? I said it. You're making it very confusing. Well, who said it? Me or Mark Levin? You said it, but Mark Levin was saying, that's right, I said it, but he's really saying, that's right, you said it. So he said that I said it. He said that you said it, but it was him saying that you said it. So he said that I said it, but it was, I said it from the beginning, and now he said that I said it. It might as well have been you saying, that's right, I said it. Well, but I did say it. What do you mean it might as well have been you? I said that. That's exactly what I said. Let's just say it was you with Levin's voice. Uh-huh. I'm so confused. I just... It's in a knot. Are you confused, Christina? That was very confusing, whatever that just was. (laughs) This is for Judge Deneen, American woman. She likes the song. I have no idea if she likes this song. I'm going to say this. I used to do a sports show on Sundays here, and it was good. It was on noon every Sunday. We had a long six-hour great Super Bowl show last year. It's gone now. But my favorite part of doing that show, and I've done sports for many, many years. I'm as good as they come. Uh, politics, too. But um, my favorite part of doing that show was coming in Sunday morning and hanging out with Janine. And we would just talk badly about all of you. Every Sunday morning, all of you. No one got away with it. And then, of course, I bumped into Janine. Uh, she's in Florida now at Mateo's, my good buddy Peter Kramer, in East Boca a couple of years ago. In fact, Bruce Beck was there that night, too, the sports guy from NBC. How about that? Yeah, it was a star-studded night. She's on 11 o'clock every Sunday, and she's just, she's God's gift. I don't know what else to say about her. God's gift, the great Judge Janine Pirro. Good morning, Janine. How are you, sweetheart? I'm terrific, and I've got to tell you, I really appreciate that introduction, and you made it worthwhile coming in, too, because (laughs) you're a hoot. You're a straight shooter, and we had a lot of fun, but uh, I am right now in Florida just for a day or two, and uh, I am loving it down here. It's a little rainy, but at the same time, uh, it's warmer than it is in New York, so I'm thrilled to be down here. Much warmer, and I was uh, in Florida about two weeks ago. I stayed at the Diplomat, actually, in uh, Hollywood. Gorgeous, gorgeous place with the wife and kids. And and I say this, uh, I can't, I, I can't say it enough. You wouldn't even know there was a virus. No one was wearing a mask. People are outside enjoying the sunlight, even when it's cloudy outside. It was like it was like America. Florida's like America, where I live in the Upper West Side. It's basically Moscow. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the difference is? Everyone in New York, they're like, they're they're all tense, they're on edge. 
I mean, in Florida, people are comfortable. They're happy with themselves. You don't even feel like, oh, my God, is my mask up? Is it covering my nose? Am I okay? Uh, you know, did I? Did someone sniffle? Oh, my goodness, someone coughed over there. Everybody run. We're going to die. You know, there's none of that mentality in Florida. It's like nobody cares. Nobody cares. And that's why I was talking to Bill O'Reilly yesterday, and we were breaking down – the uh, the upcoming elections and was it O'Reilly? Maybe it wasn't. Somebody said who was it that said Pete Buttigieg had the best chance on the left? And then Sean Spicer. Oh, it was Sean Spicer? Thank you, Christina. Sean Spicer. Buttigieg wow. has the best uh, shot on the left, and then he he really discounted Ron DeSantis as having any chance to even even compete with Trump if You're he kidding. wanted to. Yeah, yeah. He was like, it'll be Trump versus Buttigieg unless Michelle Obama jumps in. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, Buttigieg, I mean, think about it. The guy was the mayor of a city of, what, 100,000 people? Yeah. And then he becomes the, the uh, a cabinet secretary, but he doesn't show up for work during a supply chain crisis <laughs> because he's a new father. Not like he didn't know he was going to be a new father, but he decided that he would take uh, paternity leave when, you know, he he knew that that baby was coming. So we're in a hell of a mess in, the, in this country. He's home, you know, changing diapers. I mean, good for him. I'm happy for him. It's a wonderful thing. But don't take the job, you fool, if you're going to sit <laughs> home all day. So then what, we're gonna, what are we going to do? Because the guy talks pretty well. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of professors who talk well, yeah. a conservative I'm talking about, who could run for president. I mean, you're the mayor of 100,000. Give me a break. I couldn't so, agree more. And, and on the other side, I mean, you know, there's always Trump. He, he's he got the polls show him in the positive side. Then there's uh, then there's DeSantis. And, uh, you know, who knows who else? And I don't think Michelle Obama, by the way, wants it on the Democrat side. They don't have anybody. They really don't. They have no one. I agree. And nor should they, because who stands who stands for a country, you know, where they want to make America last, just like Joe Biden. Let's make America last, but make me the president of a country where I can make America last. And then what I can do is I can continue with this Trojan horse that came in in January of uh, 2021 and tell everybody I'm a moderate, but I'm really a progressive Marxist communist. You know, I played that clip the other day. It was the clip of the day uh, when you called him the Trojan horse. And you're right. He sold us a bill of goods that he would you know, kind of move towards the center. And he's actually left to Bernie Sanders. And, and yesterday, of course, two days ago, he made that, that speech, that press conference, where he actually found a way, Janine. I got to give him credit. He found a way to give himself credit after what is clearly clearly the biggest disaster in the history of the presidency after one year. Can you think of anything, anything nice to say about year one for Joe Biden? Anything? Not year. I can't think of anything nice to say about him on the first hundred days. They, to the first hundred days, you know how we assess someone? We say, oh, the first hundred days, yeah. what's his plan? Yep. He took us from the shining city on the hill and put us at the back of the line. <laughs> Everything that this man has done has been anti, anti what we want. And going forward, he's making sure that, hey, you know what, Russia, if you want to invade Ukraine a little bit, you know, we're going to decide if it's just a little bit what we're going to do. And if it's not a lot, don't worry about it. Plus, you know, my son, he worked in Ukraine. He really liked it there. <laughs> and uh, don't worry about China because, you know, my son, he did business with them and he liked them. Right. And uh, Russia, don't worry about Russia. I got Nord Stream that I'm approving because, you know, my son, he was friendly with that widow, with the mayor's <laughs> widow there who gave him, what, what, a million dollars yes, yes. or whatever, whatever the amount it was. So we got friends all over the world. You know, I'm coming in like with a team. This guy is a fool. He's a stilted, 
fragile fool. I don't know how it was is embarrassing watching that press conference for two hours. For two hours, I said to myself, and then he giggles and he laughs, and he says he has no answers to anything. He can't think beyond a fifth grader. It is, it's a sad, sad day for America. So forget about one year. It took less than 100 days for him to make America laugh. I can't, the man is an embarrassment to this country. He has weakened America. Our enemies know it. They're lining up on the Ukraine border, the Russians are, and they're laughing at this guy. And here's the problem. Maybe I said too much. Maybe I said too much. No. Well, then don't say it, you fool. (laughs) Here's the problem is we're only through year one. So I understand there's a very good chance Republicans can take back the House and the Senate in 2022. But Pennsylvania Avenue, that's his for three more years, Judge Deneen. Three more years. We could all die by then. Well, goodness, let's hope not. But for three more years, I don't know if I can deal with him and and the the laughing vice president there uh, who doesn't have a clue either. You know, when they ask her, you know, when when are we getting the mask soon? Soon. When are we getting masks? Very soon. We're we're on it. We're on it. When are we getting the mask? Uh, uh, it's important. It's an urgent thing. Hey, you fool. When are we getting the mask? Oh, next week. White House comes out in a minute and says, no, we're getting them at the end of the month. And she's not even embarrassed that she's not prepared. And she's just she's just a laughing fool. The whole thing is an embarrassment to this country. And I must tell you, I want them to succeed. I love this country. I want them to make America great. But they can't because they don't love this country. When you have a vice president who's a former prosecutor who is putting up bail money for rapists in the Minnesota bail fund, when you've got a president who is willing to let Russia, you know, invade, you know, if they do a little bit, it just depends on how we're going to handle it. And he doesn't know. Get vaccinated. That man says, get vaccinated one more time. I'm going to hang myself. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. And then he's when he can't think, you can see his brain working. It's you know, it goes from one to two. It can't hit 50. But when he goes from one to two, I got to tell him to get vaccinated. And if I whisper like a child, maybe they'll realize that I'm really serious about it or I'm sharing something that's really important. It's unbelievable. It is. It's just unbelievable. It is. And the whole trifecta there from Biden, number one, to Harris, number two, to Pelosi, number three, of course, that – yeah, that's another one. The, the voice, of course, is the genius, Judge Janine Pirro, 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. You know, a little more local, though, because I think everybody who listens to this show and the station agrees with everything you said about Joe Biden. But I just had Joe Tacopina, my dear friend, for 40-plus years on. Ah, love Joe. I haven't seen him in a long time. Oh, he loves you, too. And we were talking specifically about Letitia James and this case that she's got uh, against the Trumps. Now, we don't really cover it here. Neither does Fox News for the most part. But I do see it on these other channels every morning. He says he also represents Kimberly Guilfoyle, by the way, in the January 6th committee. He he says there's no teeth yeah. to this. It's absolutely it's a joke. Both of those cases. What are your thoughts on Atisha James and a case against the Trumps? Well, let me tell you something. Any prosecutor who gets into office on a claim that she's going to take down uh, Donald Trump, who's the president of the United States, is coming in on an unethical basis. If that was her whole term, you know, in this country, we don't take down people. We go after crime. We investigate crime. We don't investigate people. But this new leftist, this new progressive approach to law enforcement is let the criminals run loose. You know, the hell with the victims. 
But let me make sure I get my political enemies. And what she has done is unbelievable to the Trumps. I mean, they she that, that they would even leak that, you know, uh, Eric Trump supposedly took the fifth, which I don't even know what to believe anymore. I mean, that is unethical for prosecutors to release, release that kind of information. And what we've got now is Letitia James going after the Trump. That's her life's mission. And by the way, why didn't she run for governor? She was hot to trot. Right. Yeah. And what what caused her to pull back? I'm dying to know. what. Well, it is. according to Joe Tacopina, there, there were some early numbers out there and she was getting plastered. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he said. But either way, well, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, that, that is unethical. And and that brings us to the guy here in the city. Now, now you don't live in the city, Judge. You come here on Sundays, but you live in a much more right. posh. Well, I live yeah, five days a week. I mean, I'm doing the five now. Right. Fox, so that's true. I work in the city six days a week. Right. But you get to go home. I got to live here like I live in the city city in the Upper West Side. It's brutal. I got I to gotta fight through homeless and duty on the street and all this nonsense with my kids walking these streets as well. And this yeah. DA, this Alvin Bragg, you talk about terrible people. He actually came out yesterday, tried to defend or at least walk back a little what, what he's talking about. How about this new Manhattan DA, Judge Janine? Yeah. Well, the Manhattan DA, I must tell you, is uh, he also is an embarrassment. He should be the head of the Legal Aid Society or the public defenders. He has no right being in the the district attorney. Here's Here's the bottom line. The DA is there not to write the law, not to repeal the law, but to enforce the law. You can't decide that you're not going to enforce felonies, armed robberies, and turn them, change them to misdemeanors, and your whole focus is to let the jails empty, let everybody out, turn them loose? That's crazy. And you know what? That ignores the victims, and it, it prioritizes the criminals. It's the exact opposite of what he's going to do. But he's another Soros-funded candidate. Uh, my understanding is that 20% of America is covered now by these Soros-funded uh, uh, DAs, from Gascon in L.A. to Krasner in Philadelphia to Chesa Budin, who won't prosecute domestic violence cases. Marilyn Mosby, that nut job from Baltimore yep. uh, in the Freddie Gray tra- case, she ran out. She was an insurance attorney. She runs out like a minute after she gets an autopsy report. She says, it's a homicide. It's a homicide. She doesn't even know she's got to read the thing first. It could be any one of a number of things. All of them, and she's just under indictment, by the way, all of them are there to destroy this country and to put America at risk of the criminal element. You know what? You hear about white privilege. These people are enforcing criminal privilege. And you know what? You live with the criminals. I don't want to live with the criminals. I don't blame you. 60 seconds to go. And again, this is why you're the best. This has been a tremendous 13-minute conversation. I have never been a fan of Eric Adams. I thought he was a phony his whole campaign. He said things to appease Republicans. He, he said things to appease Democrats. Since he's taken over, crime is perception. Then he's scared. I mean, this guy flip-flops more than uh, more than Mitch McConnell. Yeah, you t- I'm a little worried about him. You are. Good, good, good. You are. Yeah. I, I'm worried about him because you know what? This perception that you know it's not safe on the on the subways and on the trains. Uh, you know, give me a break, Eric. I, I support you. I want you to make New York City the thriving city that it once was. I want you to be a Rudy Giuliani and get rid of the the, the criminal element and make sure that people love this city and are able to appreciate the beauty and the success of one of the most cosmopolitan, beautiful cities in the world. But instead, you come out and say there's a perception that there's dangerous. What is it, on the subway or was it on the trains? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, you know, stop, stop BSing me. The woman just got shoved in front of a train within 24 hours of him saying that. People are getting raped right on the platform. People are getting killed. They're getting beat up. People are defecating. Give me a break. You are not, you are not creating any confidence in you. And you talk like that with a DA like that. Everybody run for your lives at this point. It's a quick run from from my car <laughs> to the box when I go to work, yep. you know, and they send security out. It's crazy. Well, I'll tell you what's not a perception. You're brilliant and beautiful and great, and I love you. So that's no perception. That's reality, Judge. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate that. And, you know, keep giving them hell. I love listening to you, too. Thank you. You know you. what? If we don't fight for this country, we'll never get it back. Agreed. Enjoy Florida. I'll see you when you get back home. You're great this morning, Janine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. care, sweetie. There she is, Judge Janine Pirro, 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. Does not come better. What an amazing three hours. Not even close to being done. Bill Sims, Cindy Adams, and Beat Sid. All still to come. The final hour of the week on Bernie and Sid. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. times springsteen 19 youtube 12 this is the best song they do live where the streets have no name what a great song bono is the man now listen to me you just heard this moments ago as reported by 77 wabc's deb valentine this morning and again moments ago this is a huge story this is a huge huge story one that i had no idea was the case Right. We're on top of everything, me and Bernard, this whole show. We know everything that goes on sometimes before uh, most people even know it. This one, we had no idea. Great reporting out of Deb, Rich, and the whole newsroom, Lydia. Turns out that the Omicron variant, which we all thought came out of South Africa, right? We've even called it the South African virus, right? We've called the, the original one the U.K. virus, and we had the Delta one was the Indian virus, and the Omicron, that was the South African virus. It turns out that is not the case. That is not the case. Where did the Omicron virus start? You're not going to believe this. Right here. Right here in New York City. Right here. It's in our wastewater. The Omicron virus started right here in New York City. So it's a very, very simple question. It's a very, very simple question, but it's an important one. And we want your vote right now at WABCRadio.com. Right now at WABCRadio.com. Do you think that New York City's health officials are keeping you safe? Well, my opinion, no way. 
They've lied about everything from all three strains of the virus, whether it's the original to the Delta to this one now. They've lied from day one, not just the federal government, not just Anthony Fauci, not just the CDC, not just the WHO. I'm talking about the officials in this city. And they've lied again. Well, I'm not sure they lied, but the truth is they didn't tell us exactly what was going on. This Omicron virus started right here in New York City, not South Africa. We want your vote today. Go right now. This is very important. Go to WABCRadio.com. And do you think New York City's health officials are keeping you safe? And again, for the record, Sid Rosenberg says no. In fact, let me get the whole crew in on this one. Justin, uh, I think you thought the Omicron started in South Africa, right? I think everybody thought that. So do you think that New York City health officials are keeping us safe? No. Based on this breaking news, absolutely not. Well, based on this or what we've seen basically for the better part of two and a half years. I mean, this really drives it home, right? This really drives it home. Yeah, of course. And it comes from the top. Comes from the top. Christina, what do you think? They are definitely not keeping us safe. And I think this just confirms what a lot of people think is that we are we've been very misled and, and we don't have all the information here. On on COVID. And you know who I think does? Dr. Fauci. He's the one guy that does know. I think he does. You're right. You're right. And I wonder if these New York City health officials knew about this uh, for a while. And now it's just coming out today, whether it's a great investigative investigative reporting by our news crew led by Rich and Lydia and Deb and that whole deal. I don't know. Frankie Diaz, who actually uh, does a lot with the website at WABC radio.com including the poll of the day we just found out that omicron started here in new york city not south africa do you think frankie that new york city health officials are actually keeping you safe um the jury's out on that one but what do you mean it's out on that I would, one? I, would, I, no. I would say yeah no you're right it's, it's okay. no because uh this like what am i drinking or not even right? not even not even what am i drinking just i mean because i i mean obviously i don't drink sewer water but well, it could be touching something that I could be drinking. You just don't or it know. Could be, it could you be. Just it could be know. touching something that's right. eating exactly. Right. And, and 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 how am I, how am I going to live my life like that? So that's the poll for today, folks. Go yeah, to it's w- on the website. It's on the website yeah. now. We've got the whole story up at wabcradio.com. I tell you what, last couple of days between the John Katsimatidis interview with Dr. Fauci, uh, this story right here, which is a big story, we have really become. We have really become, I can't believe I'm saying this, from where we were a couple of years ago with Cumulus, where we are today, we've really become a news breaker. And that credit has to go to John and and, uh, the crew he's put together in that newsroom. We've got a big report, and it starts like this. A new report from the Centers for Disease Control suggests that the Omicron variant COVID-19 was in the United States before the world knew it even existed. Go on to read the rest. You'll find out it was right here in New York City. So go to WBCRadio.com right now and uh, vote on this poll. Do you think New York City health officials are keeping you safe? So. There you have it. That's a big story there, Justin. That's ginormous. That's the second biggest story of the day. Yeah. Are you afraid to ask what the first is? What's the first? You have told me in confidence that you are ready to ask I, Lisa. I stop it right there. To marry you. <laughs> What's the matter? That's not a. That's not a big story. It's not a big that's story. That's not the number one story of the day. Yeah, but the fact that you actually now have given a, a deposit down payment I have to Frankie. Not, you're lying. What? You're just lying. No, that's not true. You're lying to the people. I would never lie. You would never lie. I'm like the New York City health officials. I just, I don't know. (laughs) You know what? You you don't lie. You you bend the truth. Right. So you haven't given Frankie a penny? No. How do you get a ring if you don't pay? You put some money down something. I don't know. I got to meet Frankie first. Oh, that's true. 
All right. Well, we're getting closer, though. This could be a story next week, maybe, right? No. <laughs> You're such a jerk. Uh, Matt Meany. Uh, thank you, Matty. I like Matt Meany. That's our program director. does a very, very good job. Thank you for that. Hey, uh, you know, one thing about this morning, too, besides all the great guests, Joe Tacopino was great. Joseph Aboud was terrific. Judge Janine was great, too. And still to come, you've got Bill Sims, who's amazing. Cindy Adams, who's just the funniest, and beat Sid. So uh, this morning, for the first time ever, they put the text in front of me for the, the TV show. This radio show, which we, again, we compel you, download the 77 WABC app. Please do that today. Don't listen on iHeart, anyplace else. Our app is the best. Download the 77 WABC app and listen to this show, any city, any state, any country around the world. And, of course, the show is also simulcast on TV. And it looks great. The graphics are amazing. That whole department led by Gabby Lopez, I think she's in charge. I don't know. Uh, WABC Radio TV. She, she's the boss's daughter, so I'll go with that. WABC Radio.TV, plus I love her. And um, so we've got a, a chat room that goes along with the TV portion of the show. And I started reading it early this morning, and then I got annoyed. For every 10 messages we got, nine were over-the-top nice. Sid, you're amazing. The show was great with you and Bernie. Somehow you've kept the show great without Bernie. We miss Bernie, but you're still great. The show is still great. Then you get one jack-off every once in a while that's jealous of me and complains that my shirt is buttoned down too much or I call myself good-looking or whatever. So I got annoyed. I gave it to Christina. Now, she's addicted because nine out of ten say to her, you're beautiful, I want to bang you, all this stuff. Right, is that what they're basically saying? No, no. I mean, yeah. there, there. A few people are saying who has more Botox, you or I, which I that's get. Close. I get a that's kick cool. out of that. That's cute. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's cute. Or yeah. uh, who, who uses more tanning bulbs, you or Trump? I liked that one. Well, uh, me, but he's more orange. <laughs> I'm more red. You, I feel like, are a tanning bed versus him, who is a tanning cream. lotion cream. Correct. He's got that orange tint. Correct. To him. Exactly. Yeah. So you know all this stuff. Yeah, I, I, I could recommend a good self tanner to him, me and the Don, if we ever, you okay. know, if well, we ever we, get into. We're going to make that happen. Um, okay. So nice things about you, but one guy in particular that is taking a severe beating on this today, and I would, I would urge him not to give a rat's ass. Don't care. The fact that they're talking about it's too hot in here. What happened now? It was freezing this morning. Now it's too hot. The fact that they're talking about you, Mike, is such a great thing. Love you, hate you. I say this all the time. If they don't talk about you, you just exist. You don't live. So they're killing you this morning. That's a good thing. Now, what are, you, what are they saying about you? What are you saying about this? You know, these are things that I get every time on my website and my Twitter. As I was doing the sports reports, and I'm being animated, I'm being excited, and this weekend is such big, big stuff with going on with sports, and some guy calls me the janitor of WABC. <laughs> the janitor. What does that mean, That the has janitor. to be one of the best insults i've ever heard in my life i love by it far that's it so you, so you have the right attitude you laugh at it you have a good time with it that guy you know he doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't matter you're, you're becoming a big star you're mike garcia you're the voice of garcia who cares what that guy says you've got the right attitude it's it's funny because normally when a lot of people, they read a lot of positive things and 90% of the things that we do is positive. We give back to the people. We do what we can right. for the community and so on and so forth. But yet for some odd reason, some people are very fixated on the negative because it's the outlier. You know why? Me, because they're miserable. I thrive Yes. They're miserable, or mediocre people. And they don't like to see somebody succeed or get any, any success because they're mired in their own miserable mediocrity. So you know what? You, don't, you can't get mad at these people. You have to pity them. 
That's all. You say a prayer for him. Here's Tom on Route 17 on line one, this Omicron story that we broke right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Tommy. Hey, good morning. I heard you say about uh, Dr. Fauci and eating and drinking, things that touch. They had uh, Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google, and YouTube uploads a picture of the hand of the glass. Cash and police admit he's putting heroin and small increments of toxins in your food and drink. And Daniel Sattel's WordPress responses says children shouldn't sing of these things or the candy I'm fed as toxic. It's a human trafficking ring. She says, get the message somehow in secondary school. He's physically toxic. I'm in a forced marriage. I'm isolated. Is that okay? There's a person on the other end of my time. Uh, okay, okay, uh, thank you for that. Uh, Greg Tsukas checks in. You know what that is? No. Uh, Kristen, you know some guy named Greg Tsukas? Uh, I think I heard of him. Yeah, he goes, yeah. Uh, this whole week the show has been spot on, and they better not be sending Christina messages, I want to bang you, LOL. That's her husband. Anyway, <laughs> we got a lot of phone calls. We got Bill Sims, and we've got Cindy Adams. Still to come, it's the Friday edition of Bernie and Sid. Bernie's back on Monday. Keep it right here. This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Bernie and Sid in the morning. What is going on? Real, Real. New York 77 WABC. song, Sailing by Sticks. I can't believe Meatloaf is dead. If you haven't heard the great artist, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, two out of three ain't bad. So many more great hits. Uh, hits. Meatloaf died last night at the age of 74. My next guest between 1979 and 1993 distinguished himself as one of the greatest athletes in the history of New York sports. Fact, in my opinion, he's the best giant quarterback ever. I know Eli Manning has a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and two Super Bowls, but in my opinion, Sims has two Super Bowls, too. Hostetler rode his tail to get that second one against Buffalo. He restored the Giants to greatness, and I've gotten to know this guy personally over the last 20-something years. He is a super guy. He's a star now in the NFL today, of course, on CBS, and a local treasure out of the great state of Kentucky, and now Mr. Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, the greatest quarterback in the history of the Giants, my friend number 11, Phil Sims. Good morning, Phil. Oh, man, you're wearing me out, I'll tell you. Between that read you just had, that commercial, <laughs> listening to that, I mean, my God, yeah, I take it. I get tanned and take the medicine. Oh, my gosh. And then that music leading into me, that introduction, I don't know what to say. Pretty good, right? Well, it's pretty, a legend in New York sports. Let's uh, settle down there, big boy. Oh, no. It's, oh, you cop. Come on. It's true. Oh, you come are. On, come on. Come hey, on. hey, hey, Phil, let me tell you something. You were in Kentucky, okay, doing whatever the hell you were doing. I had to go through Joe Pisarczyk, Jerry Goldstein. These names Ooh. sound familiar, of course. Good not. memory. Yeah, well, that, that's true. I have a dog memory. Then you come walking in, thank God for George Young and that giant organization. Then your friend 56 walks in a couple of years later, and yeah, we're winning Super Bowls. Well, yes, we did have a few good years. It's good <laughs> to talk to you, you um, and everything. I hope things are going well for you. And uh, that's it. I know you're probably uh, sitting there moaning and groaning about the Giants, the Giants season. I am. Who are they going to hire as a general manager? Are they going to get the right coach? 
Well, we'll find out here soon. I'll tell you what, before we get to that, though, I feel like the Super Bowl this year, who's got that? Is that yours? Is that CBS? Uh, NBC. NBC. They should do something for Lawrence. This is Super Bowl 56. And, oh, uh, good idea. Right? I mean, isn't he, isn't he 56? Uh, well, yes, I think. You know, I'm not a big numbers guy. I'm remembering all that stuff and people, uh, even when I played. Uh, but, yeah, 56 is one that you never forget and know who it is, and it's Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, that's Super Bowl 56. We're on the road there right now. You mentioned the Giants. I read Paul Schwartz this morning. He said we're down to basically three guys for that uh, GM job. Now, the truth is, Phil, even guys that follow football closely, even guys on, like, Sirius XM, they have no idea who these guys are, what they really, really do. So should we even have that discussion? Does it matter? Oh, I think, you know, people that really are in there, like some of the guys on Sirius you're talking about, I think they do know these people. And, you know, I say this, like, we're talking about San Francisco, uh, Buffalo, probably – the general manager looks like might come from one of those two teams. Yeah. And I would say right up just my first thought, that's good because I do this. I look at their track record in, in uh, drafting. I know assistant general managers have a say in it, along with the general manager and the coach, of course. But they've been um, – They've been hitting home runs in the draft, so that's that's one thing you got to hope for with with the Giants. They pick a guy, get it organized, and they start really having an impact on the on the players they draft. That's fair, Bill Sims, the great Bill Sims, CBS NFL Today, former Giant, great joining me here. I mean, you know, you had those great years with George Young. He picked you, Lawrence Taylor, a host of others. Ernie Acorsi, of course, with Eli Manning. But it's been so – and I know John Mara cares. He's a great owner. He loves his football team, the Tisch family as well. But what the hell is going on? They, They can't get the GM or the coach right. What is going on? Well, you know, listen, I say this all the time, and I've done it many times this year. Once your franchise gets in a certain predicament or situation like the Giants are in and and the Jets, and there's many teams, uh, you you know, five or six teams in the league, it's hard to climb out of that hole. And it takes a lot of things. You've got to get the right coach. We're talking about the general manager. But you've got to hit on some players and and be a little lucky. I mean, you you look at at the San Francisco 49ers. Here they are. they got really – uh, many stars, guys that are difference makers on both sides of the football. And we got fourth and fifth round draft picks and free agents who have turned into big time Pro Bowl players. True. And, you know, is that great scouting and everything else? Yes, it is. But if, they, if you knew they're going to be this good, you would have drafted them a lot higher. But uh, so, I, yes, that's research, that's hard work. But also, I think there's a little luck sometimes involved when you start talking. Because you got to build your team. You can only get so many first and second rounders. Right. You got to build your team with some of the rest of the guys, and these teams, and even the Dallas Cowboys. What they've done, and you know, people can moan and groan about them all the time and complain, but my gosh, drafting—they hit home runs, and that's why they were in the playoffs this year. Uh, so they had a bad game, but you know they got a good roster. That's for sure. Forty ers will take on the Packers in that second game on Saturday night. To Phil Simms' point, you're right; they do a great job out there. I do want to ask you one more about the Giants, and we'll talk about these uh, four games specifically. And that's the quarterback. You know quarterbacks pretty well. You're a great one yourself. Daniel Jones, three years. Look, the kid is beat up a lot. I get it. He has maybe the worst offensive line in football. He's got to run for his life on every single play. So those two things, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I still see way too many mistakes, way too many mental mistakes. As far as I'm concerned, he's not the quarterback of the future. But who cares what I think? What does Phil Sims think? 
I'd like to see him get one more year for sure. I'd like to see this year with a new coach, a new system, uh, trying to reorganize the football team and see what he can do. I, look, he's big. He can run. He's got a good arm. Uh, it's not Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers' arm, but it's good enough to have success in the NFL. He handles the elements of Giant Stadium, I think, very well, too. And, uh, you know, so th- that's my take on it. I, I just got to see him in some good circumstances and then judge him. Uh, very hard to when I watch some of the games. And, man, Sid, you can say whatever you want about Daniel Jones. He went out, and, oh, my God, they completely fell apart, yeah. which is why we're having this search for a coach and a general manager. So, you know, even like Zach Wilson with the Jets, you know, played a little. It was rough. He came back, experience, saw some things from the sideline. The team got a little better. They opened up the offense, and he played well. So, you got to give this guy an opportunity and just can't sit there and go, it's all on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's not all on the quarterback, but all these playoff teams, these quarterbacks are good. There's no doubt. And we got some of the best throwers in the league, just about all of them, just about in the playoffs still. But they have an offensive line. That's the first thing you must have as a franchise to have any success. If your offensive line is mediocre, it's hard to overcome it, no matter how good your defense is and all the other stuff. To me, the number one priority of every football team in the league, you've got to build up an offensive line. Can't argue the great Phil Sims here. We've got four big games this weekend. The Spangle-Titan game, i got to tell you, Phil, talking about the Giants looking for a coach and a GM. This Mike Vrabel, I think this guy's a genius. I was in Miami, as you know, Phil, when they drafted Ryan Tannehill, Mike Tannenbaum, and they almost laughed him out of town, and Tannehill didn't make it down in Miami. He's gone to Tennessee. He's become a pretty big-time guy, even without Derrick Henry. And they're hosting a, a game against the Bengals this weekend as the one seed. I don't know if uh, every coach in the league deserves to be talked about, but I think Mike Vrabel certainly does. What about you? Well, I do, too. First, let me give you a quick line about Ryan Tannehill in Miami. That's all I heard. He's the problem down there. Right. I watched all those games, talked to those reporters. I go, He's not the problem. It's not him. It's many other factors, but it's not him. When he got traded to the Tennessee Titans, I said by week four or five, I almost know it for sure, he will be the starting quarterback for the Titans, and he will take the job from Marcus Mariota. So he did. And uh, so what was the question? <laughs> No, I mean, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, we talk oh, about... Mike he, Vrabel. Yeah. I mean, people he don't go to him quick. He on CBS weeks ago. He said, you know, when I got the job at Tennessee, he said, or I thought was a really interesting comment, he says, I thought it was about the X's and O's, I'm going to do this, but then I found out as we do this, yeah, X's and O's, but it's your relationship with the players. And when you watch him, he's very connected to the players. They all listen to him. He handles himself great on the sidelines, and of course... Um, just knowing him as a player and interviewing him as a coach when I used to do games and go down there, to say he has an edge to him is an understatement. Yeah. So yep. that edge is in the building. It's on practice. It's with the players, and they're all with him. He's with them. And that's why we see a team like the Tennessee Titans a little bit a throwback. You know, we want to smash you. We want to out-hit you. We're bigger than you. And that's really what they are. 49ers at the Packers on Saturday night. This uh, poor kid, Love, he's never going to play. <laughs> I mean, goes Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make sure that's the case. Every every offseason, I mean, he's getting traded. He's moving. Phil, this guy's still like he's 22 years old. I've seen some great quarterbacks in my day. I can't put many, maybe any, including Brady, ahead of Aaron Rodgers in terms of just pure skill. Well, his skill is un- undeniable. He's, you know, if you, he's not going to be the greatest thrower of the football in history right now, whatever. He's close to it. 
and he plays in the elements. It's cold, whatever it is in Green Bay. He It never bothers him. Uh, he doesn't take hits. He gets rid of it. They got a tremendous short passing game. That will they will need that against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so you know Aaron Rodgers is. I, it seems like every year he gets a little better at throwing the football, just like Tom Brady. And it, it it's the new way for the quarterback. We're going to see a lot of these guys that we see now who are stars. Said I think a lot of them are going to play till their late 30s, and, yeah. and they're showing with the systems, take care of yourself, everything else. That you know, it's just not going to be uncommon for guys in their early forties to keep playing. This Ram Buccaneer game on Sunday afternoon, the Bucks, of course, reigning Super Bowl champs, and made it look easy against the Eagles last week. But this is a really good Ram football team. I knew when they acquired Matthew Stafford, it was going to be night and day, and it has been. Uh, that's a road team that is very dangerous this Sunday. In fact, I'll tell you this, Phil: if they go on to win this game, I give them a shot against Green Bay as well. What about this Ram football team? Well, yeah, I'd give him a shot against Green Bay, too. I think that's a better matchup for him than it is with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay is a big, physical team. Now, their offensive line's got some issues for the first time, really, since Tom Brady's been down there for two years. So that's going to be interesting. You know, with the right tackle, who's in his second year, wow, has he been tremendous, Tristan Wirfs. So missing him's a big deal. I don't look at the... um, Tom Brady not having all of his weapons. Well, who has all their weapons at this time of year? Right. There's always – you can look at some of these teams. The 49ers got three or four guys that got hurt who are stars sitting on injury reserve for the whole year. But it's going to be an interesting game. And, and I just wonder, can the Los Angeles Rams on the other side protect Matthew Stafford? Yeah. That'll be the big one. That's because a good question. Yep. They, it's, it's a high degree of difficulty that – this Rams offense, it's hold the football and wait till guys come open down the field. And that's tough. And especially when you're playing in Tampa against a team that could rush it from both ends and inside. So that's going to be interesting. And, of course, maybe some of these changes for Tom Brady. So I'm interested in the game, but if I had to pick it, Sid, I'm going to take the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last one, uh, I watched that regular season Sunday night game. Early in the season, the Bills took apart Kansas City, and I was like, oh, my God, Buffalo's going to win the Super Bowl. Then Buffalo struggled after that, and Kansas City, they keep getting better. So it's a Bills-Kansas City matchup, but these are two teams that haven't played nearly the same football since, especially Kansas City, yes? Well, I think Kansas City is definitely rounded into shape. You know, they've had some struggles, of course, but, you know, I still like their football team a lot. I just watched that game this morning, and, you know, I took a few things out of it, but that was week five. We've gone through two other seasons now before this game coming up this Sunday. So it's hard to look back and go, oh, they did this and that, because it changes dramatically. We would play, like the year we went to the Super Bowl, the first one, we played – Washington at home, we ran it for Joe Morris, had close to 200 yards rushing. We go down there and play him. We throw it all over the place. And then we play him in a championship game, totally different from the other games. You know, so I, that's what I expect from Kansas City and, and Buffalo. We're going to see different game plans. It's going to be fun. And I hate to do this, but I, even, I, I just give up. But which quarterback makes the most plays? I mean, that's easy to say. But I mean by that, can get out of the pocket make a special throw down the field, that might determine the outcome of this game because both teams are good, and they've got a lot of players that can win the game for them, and it's going to be, you know, it's probably the biggest game of the weekend, I think, because everybody wants to see Josh Allen 
and Patrick Mahomes. Who's the best one? Can Josh Allen dethrone Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> oh, my God. I know. <laughs> By the way, I sat in that, uh, at that NFC Championship game and froze my ass off. I was two rows behind where Jim Burt jumped into the stands after the game and you guys were on your way to Pasadena where you oh. had one of the greatest games ever and uh, really made John Elway look bad that day. But one more, I did see the poll yesterday, Bill Sims, in the New York Times where they asked viewers about the NFL today, and you got a great crew there, right? All you guys are great. All you, you know, from the Brown, and you got uh, the wide receiver, this and you got Bill Cowher. Times. See, I don't, I don't even know these things. But yes, and they asked the, the viewers, they said, who is the best on the show? And Phil Sims got 63% of the vote, and Boomer Esiason only got 19% of the vote. Have you heard from Boomer? Is he mad at you? What's the latest with that? Oh, no, he's not mad at me, I don't think. Or, you know, maybe no. he always is. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I didn't, listen, I didn't know about that, yeah. and, and and I didn't see it. And well, it call is, him. Well, it is the New York Times, so I hope the New Yorkers do help me a little in those voting. Well, so. well he played in New York, too, for the Jets. By the way, I made that whole thing up because I love you and I'm mad at Boomer. Oh, you're, you're so bad. You're so bad. I was going, damn, you know, I had no idea about this. Oh, it just shows oh, you. God. No, but listen, that is the truth. New Yorkers, uh, we do love you, and uh, you're great on that show, and you were a magnificent quarterback. And most of all, you're such a great friend. You do this for me all the time. And I must tell you, I really, really appreciate it. You were great this morning. Thank you so much. All right, Sid. I just I hope you're doing well. I know you're – you know, I hate to always do this same routine. Yeah. You're tanned. Oh, so tanned. And I'm wearing you're a peach shirt. You're, yep. Yep. You, you're just have. What, what's the problem? You got, you're having a midlife crisis. What is it? Uh, no, I had it, but it continues. So, yes, I'm, <laughs> okay, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm tan. I'm working out. I'm in movies now. I mean, I don't know what's happened to me. You're Bill. in movies? Yes. I got what three movie? roles in three movies. I play a mobster in every one. How about that? I, really? I swear I to God. That. Yeah, big deals. Yeah, yeah. And, and when are these movies out? Are they coming out? Or what? No, I'm, I'm making one in Los Angeles the end of March, one in the U.K. in April, and I'm in a very popular television series, which comes out again season two on Amazon Prime in May. And I play a mobster in all of them. How about that? Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. I, got, I can't <laughs> wait to see these. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you know, you. I'll do a walkthrough. <laughs> You know, I walk through, hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah. Good to see you. Look at the camera and walk on out. There we go. We I like should that. do that. Yeah, let me talk to the director about that. Get well, both he sounds like you got some power, so let's go. <laughs> I do. I got know, remember this. Yeah. I, I don't come cheap, so I know that, Sims. I know that. Okay. We'll, uh, right. we'll, we'll talk very soon. You're great. Thank you so All much. Right, Have a great day. Great talking you to too. you, man. I love you, pal. There he is, the great number 11 Phil Sims, and uh, still, I say this all the time, there was a time early in my marriage there were more pictures of number 11 in my house than my wife and my kids. That's how much I loved those Sims when I was growing up. Stay entertained and informed now with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Oh, yeah. I can see Cindy busting to this. She loves Elton John and Dua Lipa. Big Dua Lipa fan. This uh, conversation with me and Cindy Adams is brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day at peerlessboilers.com, pavilionthankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. So, again, great show today. Everybody was terrific. Joseph Abu, the fashion designer, the attorney Joe Tacopina, Judge Janine, the NFL guy Phil Sims. But as Vanessa Williams once said, we saved the best for last. Last time I saw this lady, she was actually at Margot Katsimatidi's birthday party and was the only one who asked... Why am I even here? What has she done to deserve this? That's the genius, one to two every Sunday, of my friend Cindy Adams. Actually, can I call you that, uh, Cindy? 
I tell you the truth, what I really like is following erectile dysfunction. This is such a nice way to put me on the air. I'm very grateful to you guys. Really, you should take it. That's the first thing. And I want to tell you I am very excited to be on your show. I love Ben and Jerry. I listen to it every day. My housekeeper comes in, and the first thing she says is, please, let's tune it in. At 3.15 sharp, we've got you on. Erectile yes. dysfunction. How do you do that to me? I I, I, I didn't know it was on. You know, it's funny. If I Don't said, you listen to your own show? No, of course not. If I said to you, the yeah. last time I saw you, yeah. you, me, and my beautiful wife were exiting the university club, and you were getting into your Uber, and my wife and I, Danielle, were getting to our Uber, and we had a great conversation outside. You're going to say to me, no, we didn't. I mean, you, you, you just left, right? It wasn't all that great. That was not an Uber. That was my car and driver. Oh, I'm sorry. I live quite <laughs> quite elegantly. I don't take erectile dysfunction. I have a really elegant car and driver. And why I'm talking to you, which gives me a reduction in salary, I have no idea. Can I ask you an honest question? Uh, here you are, America's gossip columnist. For yeah. many, many years, you've been the go-to person. You're brilliant. You're funny. You're biting. You're everything that Don Rickles and Joan River aspire to be uh but with all that said how do you have all this money you have a driver you got a penthouse apartment on park avenue you dress like like you, you bought a thousand dollar dress every day how do you have all this money how that's because i do not work for john katsimatidis <laughs> that's the first thing that's the first thing listen i wasn't my husband wasn't born poor he was very wealthy he lived in in uh, the Waldorf Towers, back when we had a Waldorf Astoria, he invested heavily, and I bought this apartment, which was Doris Dukes, with my own money. I bought it, and I live here very well, and I'm not going to lose my fortune unless I do more shows with you. That's the only way I'm going to... I swear to God, what am I doing with you? What do I need to listen to you guys for? I have no taste. I love you, but I love. I have no taste. You have no taste. You don't. I mean, look, you, 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 you spend... All your days, Cindy Adams, trying to figure out who you'd rather shower with, Bill O'Reilly or Chad Lopez. That's basically your your afternoons, isn't it? Chad Lopez. Chad Lopez. I love Chad Lopez. I have no idea why, but I love him. He doesn't pay me. He's not very, very nice to me. And he puts me on with you to listen to erectile dysfunction. Anyway, all I want to tell you is if you... Can't you come over and do my program with me one day? I mean, you no. don't have to be nervous. Right. I'll write lines for you, so yeah. you won't you won't be scared. I just don't think I have the time. I'm a, you know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a very famous. I know I don't make it into your column You're ever. Famous for who? Where? What? What do you mean? I'm, I'm who in, is I, this, George? I'm talking to. <laughs> what are you talking about, Cindy? I'm in TV. I'm in movies. I'm hosting the show with Bernie. I'm a very busy guy. I'm very very famous, which which does beg the question: How is it possible that yeah. a guy like me in New York City has never? And I've been on page six a million times. How have I never once? graced your amazing column not once not because once. i have taste oh okay <laughs> That's real. and i don't even know who i'm talking to i have a, <laughs> I have a feeling it's a crossed wire listen I, come on and do my pro i'd love to one day i love you guys i love you I really, more. really really i really do. do too you're so adorable thank you thank i love you, you. all right well, i'll talk to you soon okay goodbye honey. bye oh she's the best i swear to god i'm in love with her i'm in love with her I'm a married man, happily married, 30 years. 
But oh, what I would do to Cindy Adams, my God. Can I say that? She's like 92. I don't know. That's very, um, oh, what I would you're do on the line. That's for sure. Yeah. Is it over the line? That, uh, I hope it is. The jury's still out on that. <laughs> she's adorable, right, Christina? I mean, she's like, she's 90 something years old, this lady. She looks phenomenal. Right? Yeah. And she's biting. She's biting. I, li- I like fiery. She's not kidding. She's like, I love you, but I don't know who you are. Like, why am I on this show? Who are you? She has no clue. She has no clue. She doesn't care either. No, no. Even if she did know right. who you are. But she still writes about, like, Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart, you know. People that are, were and are much more famous than you. Yeah, but the long dead. Somebody's got to remind her. They have, you know, my street where I live on the Upper West Side is named after Humphrey Bogart. You know why? Because he's dead. I'm still alive. Yeah. Barely, but I'm still alive. So maybe you'll, you'll get a street named after you when you're more famous hey, after you. It's you're possible. Alive. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah, I'm early in the game. I'm only 54. I got a lot more damage to do. In fact, I've got a couple of minutes here before we wrap it up for the week. So let me take a quick break, come back, and wrap up another Friday on Bernie and Sid. Is this Rick Springfield? Yeah. Oh my God, he used to watch him on General Hospital way back when. I loved him. I didn't. You didn't? No. You weren't even born yet. Exactly. Give me some Rick Springfield. Come on, baby. Lately Come something's on. changed. It ain't hard to find. Yes, he's got himself a girl, and I want to make her mine. And she's watching him. How was Edward's character again? He was Dr. Um... Oh, I forgot. Doesn't matter. He's still watching religiously. I never missed that show. Frisco and Felicia. Luke and Laura. I was the biggest General Hospital fan ever. Margot Katsimatidis. Love the piece with uh, Cindy Adams. She was a right at Margot's birthday party. I got to tell you, we all stood up, and it was really deserved. Margot is, to call her a wonderful woman is not even fair. It's an understatement. She's, she's really just amazing. And we all stood up at, at this beautiful university club where John put on a beautiful party for his wife. And all of us said beautiful things. Me, Chad, Emily, Simone, Le- on and on. And she gets up and she goes, what's the big deal about her? <laughs> Ah, of course, she loves her, but it was just it's just brilliant. She's got great timing, and uh, she was a lot of fun. Phil Sims was great, too. All the guests were great. Christina, you've been great this week. I look forward to you being here every day and uh, being a part of this uh, electric crew we put together. What are your final thoughts on uh, what was a crazy week this week? I thought there were some great shows, excellent guests. Today, I think, definitely took the cake. We had some great guests today, and... Uh... Yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a great week, and and this Omicron, this is uh, I think that's definitely the most shocking shocking thing so far this week. I would say biggest story. I would say so too. If you haven't heard, we've got the story right now. Thank you for reminding folks, Christina WBCRadio.com. Omicron started here in New York City, not South Africa. Justin, quickly on the way out, what do you got for me? What do I got for you? Wonderful week of work. Uh, you did a great job being Thanks. you every single day and churning out content for the listeners out there. We gave them, uh, we gave the people what they wanted. They were hungry. They came in Monday morning. They woke up Monday morning. They got ready for work, and they said, we're hungry this week. And you fed them, big man. Thank you. You too. You were great. Mikey Garcia on the way out, the janitor here at WABC. What do you got? Well, apparently I love the fact that Gabby has uh, installed the uh, chat, so we love about that. Yep. Yes, you heard it here, folks. I am a voice actor, a radio producer, and I'm a janitor, apparently. How about that? And Gabby Lopez was great this week, too. She's not in here, but we'll get a mic in there uh, soon and uh, get her on the camera, too. Luke Legrano, week one of traffic. Very proud of you, bro. Joe Nolan was great. You were great week one. You're just a great personality, so thank you. How'd your week go? 
Week was uh, great. The roads were a little busy, but, you know, this is the best morning show in America, baby. What's not to love? How about you? And uh, Frankie Diaz with an E. How about you, tough guy? I just have to say Sid is a god. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, though. This is is a very very exciting week. A lot of stuff that went on, a lot of moving parts, especially today, and I'm glad that... Uh, you uh, you were as animated as you were when you. Uh, when the story was given to you. And, Thank you. And, you know. It was a big story. Thank you. Deb Valentine, you were great, too. We love you. And, of course, our prayers continue to go with Bernard, who will be back on Monday morning. Bernie, back on Monday, which is uh, great news. Matt Meany, nice job this week running this ship, as well as all the powers that be. Folks, go out there, enjoy the football, have yourselves a safe weekend. Should get me and Bernie back on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Until then, from all of us to all of you, Enjoy your weekend, New York City. Peace! If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.